It's Thursday at 10 a.m. and you're listening to the Eagles Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM, talking all things sports with a special focus on our Auburn Tigers here on the Plains. If you want to be a part of today's action, feel free to tweet at us at Daniel J. Locke or the Griggs B. Let's get into the action. And good morning, everybody. Welcome into the Eagles Nest here on the campus of Auburn University in the Bradley Basin Studios in the Milton Student Center. I'm Griggs Blankenberg. Alongside me, my co-host, Daniel Locke. Folks, we got a good one today. It is our two-hour March Madness special where we will be live talking about all things March Madness at the second half of the show. First part of the show, we'll get to the regular stuff. But, Daniel, happy best day of the year to you, brother. Griggs, thank you. To you as well, it is one of the best days to support a sports fan, like you said. March Madness, wall-to-wall basketball today and tomorrow. Oh, what a time. I love it. It's a good time, as always. And I'm just so ready to kind of for the games to start, man. How about you? Yeah, man, it's going to be a great time. I can't wait. It's going to be... It's going to be quite a day. we got a lot of basketball coming up. First tip is today at 11-15 with Colorado State and Michigan. So that will be very interesting to see what happens there. Um, but, yeah, let's let's just get – you want to get into the first part of the show? Absolutely. And, you know, let's get into it, like let's, you said. Let's get into it. Let's go. Well, people don't know, we, last week was Auburn spring break, but we were playing on doing recording. Daniel's wisdom teeth ended up being a little bit too sore, but – that's okay, but with that being said, we have a lot to catch up on with the world of the National Football League since technically the NFL is, in fact, still king. But let's get into it. Yes, first off, I think the big news, even though there was other big news, but here's the big news for me. Tom Brady is back. His retirement lasted, I think, a little bit less than Austin Davis' tenure as the Auburn offensive coordinator. Yeah. So, that was interesting, but yeah, I mean, I couldn't really see him why he retired last year besides he wanted to spend more time with his family because he, like, led the league in passing yards still at that age, and he still got some more in the tank, and he knew he had to come back to the Bucks because he has his two-year deal, I believe, I think yeah. after that, so he knew he couldn't, like, go anywhere else if he wanted to play. I thought People were thinking San Fran since he's from that area originally when he was born, but yeah, are you surprised by this at all? Honestly, yeah. It's a little unprecedented. Uh, I can't remember another time that something like this has happened. But, you know, it's weird. Like, on one hand, I'm kind of a little happy. But did you see where somebody bought his supposed last touchdown pass for $500,000? That guy's got to be the most upset person in the world. But, hey, maybe, maybe he doesn't throw one next year. Maybe he has, like, an injury, something like that happened. And it was. Maybe. I Honestly, it, it's never good to hope for injuries. That is the hallmark of poor sportsmanship. But I would be willing to bet that that dude is hoping that as well. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see that. Um, but, yeah, that's one of the big news. Another, another big news is finally Aaron Rodgers has got a new deal in Green Bay. So that's pretty interesting on that part. But people really thought that it wasn't going to work out. Ends up signing a long-term deal with the Packers. I believe he's now the highest-paid quarterback. Is that correct? I think so. Yeah. But okay, but it's gonna be interesting to see. Now they got to deal with Devontae Adams and sees what happens there. He decide, He said he didn't want to play under the franchise tag, even though I don't know why he wouldn't. He's getting paid twenty million dollars. But 
hopefully, eh, I don't think see this turning into a Le'Veon Bell situation, but I think nah, I don't either. I feel like he is a little bit more of a team player than Le'Veon Bell mm-hmm. is. No Le'Veon Bell hate intended, but just pointing out the facts. Mm-hmm. More big news out of the NFL this week, actually. So current stuff we can talk about. Deshaun Watson was cleared of all, um, what is it, a civil, uh, uh, criminal charges. So now he's just yeah. facing civil charges. But that has basically freed up the fact that the NFL, since he won't be facing like criminal punishments, or now, teams are now starting to pursue him more with the main factors being the Atlanta Falcons, the Cleveland Browns, your New Orleans Saints, and my Carolina Panthers as the supposed only four teams still in discussions for him and have met the Texans' demands. People, reminder, people, that Deshaun Watson still currently has a no-trade clause in his contract. So basically those four teams were the, the – um, were trade packages that the Texans would have accepted, so now it's just down to Deshaun where he'd want to go. Daniel, where do you think he'll end up next season? Um, honestly, Carolina. Um, I know the Saints rumors have been swirling. However, I just I don't know about it. I don't really know if it's a great fit. I mean, the Saints still are in like cap awfulness. Still. Yeah, so I just don't. I think the Saints just need to ruck up, embrace the suck for a few years, get this kind of ironed out, and then maybe three, four years from now we can kind of start con- contending again. You think Camaro was including that trade package to Deshaun? No. You don't think so? But how are they going to get rid of Cap? Do they just give picks then, you think? Yeah. Really? Okay. I don't know, because maybe they're just in such bad shape with the Cap right now. I remember seeing something like if they cut some person, they'd still be in worse Cap. Yeah, but situation. it's getting it's getting better by the day. They're chipping away at it. I just I don't like this strategy by Mickey Loomis mm-hmm. of just you know just get by year to year. I kind of wish they would just fix this issue like long term, like other teams do. And honestly, for the Saints, I think just the windows shut. Just blow it up, rebuild. We're, we're not going to win one within the next. We're not going to win one with the, this core. Like this core is done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so keep Cam Jordan. Let him retire, Saint, if he wants to. If he wants hate, to go, by all means, let him go. Hate him. Yeah. Uh, if you if I'd play against him twice a year, I'd hate him too. It's not not just that he's his comments, but it's that's something in the thing of the past about Cam. But well, I mean, yeah, yeah, I know. Cam's but I don't think Cam he'll go. Sucks. I don't think. Well, you're sitting on the campus of Auburn University, about a ten minute, a five minute walk from the Cam statue. So I'm a bigger Saints fan better, than an Auburn fan. Better watch your mouth. I'm a bigger Saints fan I'm, than I'm Auburn probably fan. a bigger Panthers fan than Auburn fan. So, but that kind of co- collides with Cam. But yeah, um, I think the thing is, I think he'll either go to the Panthers or the Falcons. I don't see him going to the Browns. I don't think they trade him within the AFC. Yeah, no. I, don't think, I think, so. think the Panthers or the Falcons, just because the Saints caps struggles. But although the Browns, I mean, they did. Ju- it is I mean, been was, all but confirmed at Baker Mayfield. Speaking of that, back. what the heck was that? Instagram post. He was like, yeah, faking know, that this. came out of nowhere. It was so weird. Not in the same sense as Freddie Freeman's, but yeah. those were kind of along the same lines where they were not out the door yet, but they were like saying their goodbyes. I'm like, mm-hmm. more for Baker than Freddie because everyone kind of assumed that happened. We'll talk about that more later with our friend Tyler. But yeah, that was just really awkward from Baker Mayfield. Like, I kept, I read it through and thought, like, oh, he's like the Browns cut him or he's deciding to, re- I don't know why I would think this, but retire from football or something like that. I'm like, was very but you know what weird. really shocked me this week? What? Seeing Von Miller signing with the Buffalo Bills. I mean, that's the only thing they got to figure out. They had the offense down. They got the offensive line down for Josh Allen. They for just sure. need to figure out how to pressure the defense on that on that O line. My boy Boogie Basham, shout out Wake. But that was that. 
they were very good. I mean, the Bills yeah. just got luck of the coin toss, man. That was unbelievable. But, yeah, uh, one more thing on Watson there real quick. I think if the Panthers do get him, I think they're going to go – mark my words, people. Panthers will go 7-10 and 10 next year if we get Deshaun Watson. That will be good enough for Matt Rule and Scott Fitter to say we can keep Matt um, – no, Scott Fitter and uh, David Tepper to keep Matt Rule because we're improving from 5-12 and 12 the year before. And, yeah, it'll just go 7-10, I think, just – throughout maybe 500 maybe a little above 500 since you technically can't go 500 in the nfl anymore unless you go um what would be it would go eight eight and one yeah that'd be I, 500 I that's yeah. the only way yeah. yeah so i don't think that's a possibility but yeah that was crazy von miller very big deal for to the buffalo bills he got he gets a six-year contract for a 120 million dollars but now moving on also russell wilson traded to the denver broncos while we were on break as well. That was, I guess maybe I could see that coming after they didn't get Aaron Rodgers. They're, they were really desperate for a quarterback in Denver. I didn't, yeah, but I didn't think it'd be Russell Westbrook. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I need to start getting sleep before I come on this show. West Russell Brick. Wilson. That's what I meant. Everyone knows that. I do not want my Twitter to get blown up because I said that. Anyways, but yeah. That's... I'm interested to see how that works with him, Jerry, Judy. Um, yeah. they, didn't they get rid of Noah Font? Yes. Was that part of the trade package or he get signed somewhere else? I'm not sure, but I did. I do remember seeing an Instagram post. All right. Two, a couple more things before we wrap up real quick so we move on to the next session in our commercial break. Uh, quickly, Calvin Ridley suspended for a year. I mean, I'd understand maybe people's arguments if he was like betting on NFL games that didn't include his team, but the fact that he had parlays that included the Falcons – Little bit sketch, but yeah. still some of the stuff they've done in the past with the NA, um, whatever it's called. But, um, another one Godwin's new deal with the Tampa that's gonna be interesting once Mike Evans' contract talks come up. Can I make a comment about the Ridley stuff? Yeah, go for it. So, I've seen a comparison, you know, like UFC fighters are allowed to bet on fights um, as I saw that long too. as they are not in them, like for example. Um, Conor McGregor was tweeting out how a few weeks ago he put a ton of money, or a few weeks, a few months ago he put like I don't know an insane amount of money on Cyril Gaon to beat Francis Ngannou, which I I thought was pretty funny. And it's just it's weird to see that like a sport where that's commonplace and accepted. I mean, you have like insider info. I don't know, it's some random stuff. But I'm trying to get more right. in the betting world, but but it's uh, that just goes to, like UFC is definitely a lot like Dana White is a lot less strict than Roger Goodell. Well, it's also different again individual team. But mm-hmm. last couple of things, Christian Kirk's agent put him in the Hall of Fame right now. A receiver who's never had a thousand yard receiving years, the third highest paid ty- wide receiver now in the NFL, actually yeah. second now with Julio cut. So that's unbelievable. You got Hopkins and then Christian Kirk who. I saw him playing college once with A&M playing Wake in Charlotte, and he went off. But, yeah, anything we wrap up real quick, Daniel, before we wrap up? Um, Shout out to my guy on the Saints, Craig Robertson. Thank you for a great career. You were a great defensive captain. Thank you for giving the team everything you had. Julio Jones, come to New Orleans, baby. We're run with slant, boy. Boy, literally in 2019, if you take away his slants, he still has more catches, yards, and touchdowns than anyone else. Yeah, what do I know? I don't care about the Saints. Yeah, they beat you every year. That's why. Uh, yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's right. 
That is going to wrap up NFL talk here today for Griggs and I hop over the table into a UFC-style brawl. When we come back, just kidding, it's all love here on the Eagles Nest. When we come back, we have NBA and NHL and a special guest joining us. You are listening to the Eagles Nest with Daniel Locke and Griggs Blankenberg on Weagle 91.1 FM. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back into the Eagles Nest. This is Daniel Locke alongside me, my co-host Griggs Blankenberg, and a very special guest today, my good friend Tyler Graydon. Tyler and I go way back. I've known Tyler for about 14 years. I was thinking about that on the way in. That is wild. Tyler, thank you for coming on. Oh, no problem, Daniel. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to talk about some sports today. Yes, sir. So we're going to dive right into the NBA. The Lakers suck. I find it funny. Uh, yeah, last night was very funny with Patrick Beverly motioning to the Lakers bench. Did you see the video of Carl Anthony Towns and Patrick Beverly after Russell Westbrook missed, missed that corner three? I did not. Oh, my goodness. Like, Carl Anthony Towns, like, had the ball in his hands, like, jerked his head up to look at, like, the ceiling, like, thinking the ball was going to go higher. And then Patrick Beverly, like, given to the ball, he officially threw the ball in the air and, like, ducked underneath it. I, uh, s- I saw that uh, LeBron was not too happy about that, too. I mean, I wouldn't be, too. They are now 11 games under 500, which is the first time a LeBron James uh, player team has been under f- 11 games under 500 since his rookie season with Cleveland back in 2003. So, yeah, Lakers kind of struggling. They're still without Anthony Davis, but not looking good still. Or somehow, that's just how bad the bottom of the West is. They are still... Ninth in the play, uh, playoffs, which is the playing tournament. Let's go through that real quickly to refresh the people. First off, in the Eastern Conference, we still the number one seed, the Miami Heat, with a record of 46 and 24. Two games behind them in second is the Milwaukee Bucks at 44 and 26. Number three are the 76ers. Number four, Daniel's Boston Celtics. On the move. <laughs> uh, we're not going to talk about that game the other night that I was there. Awful two games. Nets, Nets, then Celtics back to back. Get destroyed by. Kyrie and Tatum. Uh, number five, we got the Chicago Bulls kind of dipping a little bit. Very interesting to see that. Now, that hopefully, when they get Caruso back fully healthy now, he's starting to come back, but let's see with that. Maybe I jinxed him when I was there. Probably did. Well, you almost. I thought you hit there for a second with the Blackhawks and the Lightning, but didn't end up working. But, yeah, number six in the last team in the regular tournament uh, play, playoffs are the Cleveland Cavaliers. And the playing tournament is as follows. The Toronto Raptors at number seven. Uh, Brooklyn at eight, so that means Toronto uh, Toronto would host Brooklyn in the first playing game, and then number nine, my Charlotte Hornets, and would host the number ten Atlanta Hawks. Who the Hornets beat the Hawks last night. Good stuff from the Hornets, even though Trey Young was quote unquote injured, but it is what it is. And oh, didn't count. Did <laughs> sounds like a Kentucky basketball fan right there. But yeah, the Wizards are decent ways behind the Hawks, so I'm pretty sure unless the Hawks or the Hornets choke down the stretch it's pretty much set though who the play in in playoff teams are in the east yeah my okc thunder yeah they're not too hot hey, <laughs> the future man the future yeah, the, picks, the, future. the picks i'm hoping that they will uh tank for jabari smith jr actually yeah, that's gonna be interesting i've seen a lot of stuff with him to the magic that'd be really yeah. with oki is that okiki yeah yeah, yeah, yeah in versus jabari mm-hmm. but if yeah that happens i'm definitely going to go down for a game and like cover it i don't want to go that'd be very cool that'd be pretty cool but Why? yeah, there's Disney World in Orlando. <laughs> I don't want to pay that much money to go. Bro, I got stare called at... a Disney adult for the first time. I'm not <laughs> sure how I feel about it. I wouldn't feel great about that. But well, I'm not going to change. 
Yeah, don't never change Danny. Never yeah, change. Never People change. Suck. At least you don't. At least you don't have a Batman living room or something like that. Right. Right. <laughs> I just enjoy going on vacations. Quoting a Jim Gaffigan quote right. there. But yeah, moving on to the Western Conference, the first team to clinch a playoff seat actually, the Phoenix Suns and the Wagon. They are with now fifty six and fourteen, eight games above the second place Memphis Grizzlies at forty eight and twenty two, which is different. The Warriors have kind of struggled down the stretch a little bit. Now in the third seed with nine games back of the Suns with how many games left? About um trying to find a team with some even numbers. There's uh, Timberwolves about have played 20. 71 games. Yeah. So, yeah, about 20. Oh, uh, wait. Wait, no. No. Seven. Oh, God. Like 12. Oh, 12. Oh. <laughs> it's early. It is early, but only one team's clinched with like 12 games left. So, Phoenix is almost but all clinched the one seed in the West. Number four in the West is Utah. Number five are the Mavericks. Number six are the Nuggets. And now for the play-in tournament, Minnesota at seven would host the L.A. Clippers. And the number nine Los Angeles Lakers would host the number 10 Pelicans. And Greg Popovich and the Spurs and Dame and the Blazers are both uh, one and a half games back of the Pelicans. Do you all think that Pop might hang it up at the end of this year? Like he's got the all-time wins... I don't know. He's already know. submitted he's the best coach in NBA history, I think. With well, I wouldn't stay around and coach this miserable team. Yeah, but he's like made the playoffs like every year but like one year, and I think that was the COVID year, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I but, think I think he might stay at least at least one more season after this this year. And I don't know if he's the goat the goat coach. I'm not it was, really but saying. it's between him and Phil Jackson. You're right. Yeah. That's, that's what the, that was about. I think to say. the fact that he's only missed the playoffs like one time and then Phil Jackson with what he did with the Knicks and the downfall of that. But Yeah, I I agree. He's definitely up there. He's definitely – if it's well, not – All times wins means something. I mean, Phil's probably got more titles, but – If it's so. not Phil, I'd say it's Bob, so it's, it's pretty well, close. Uh, Phil also had Michael Jordan and Kobe. Right. When right. he won those he had great players. I mean, Tim Duncan and Tony Parker yes, are no Tim, slouch. Tim Duncan. But yeah. Tim Duncan, best power forward of all time. You that, still can't compare it. But, yeah. Um, anything else, NBA, before we get to the NHL, Daniel? I got Kyrie getting hot right now and dropping – like I believe 53 on the Hornets only shooting less than 20 shots, like the third player in NBA history ever to do that. So that yeah. was kind of rough to see in the nosebleeds on Tuesday night, last Tuesday. I was, you just couldn't miss. It was very, very annoying. I also, just real quick, I have a feeling that, I mean, the Lakers are going to get into play playing tournament, I feel like, no matter what. Mm-hmm, yeah. And no matter what happens, they're all, they're going to find their way to win. Oh, That's play, just how playoff elimination, LeBron is one of the best exactly. players. Exactly. Along with like game six, uh, Clay Thompson. Exactly. He was gonna go like demon mode, but I mean, he did yeah. last year when they played the Warriors in the playing tournament. Yeah, mm-hmm. he just went off. He just went off. I just feel like playoff LeBron is just different, and he's just gonna find a way to win. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting with that. And Greg's giving us some ASMR win. action over here. You have to get uh, win. Sorry, drinking water, folks. But uh, two, um, yeah, but they'd have to play right now. They'd have to play two playing tournament games. Last year, they only had to play one. So that's, true. that's gonna be interesting to see how they do that, especially against the teams. Um, the first playing game, whoever loses, Timberwolves, Clippers. Ooh, all L.A. for the playoffs game would be very interesting to see. It would be entertaining. It would be very entertaining. But, yeah, Steph Curry injured, getting an MRI today. That's probably the big big news injury-wise in the NBA. Um, hopefully he'll be well. It's my guy, 704. Even though he went to the rival high school, who's not won a state championship since 2001. People don't forget that. But, yeah, moving on now to the world of the National Hockey League. Um, the trade deadline is on Monday at 2 p.m. Central Time. Daniel, for your Bruins, what do you think will happen with them? Who is gone, and who do you want them to bring in for their late season playoff push? As they are the one seed in the Eastern Conference Wild Card currently. 
You know, this is tough. Um, it's always hard. Like, what I'm about to say isn't necessarily what I want to say, but it's what I think is going to happen. Um, Jake DeBrusque has been with the team for a very long time. He has a huge goal in the 2013 playoffs that kind of sent us to the finals. We don't have to talk about what happened in the finals. Don't even say it. I'll cut off your mic. Yeah. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, won't. that's what I thought. I um, Two and Jake. <laughs> All right, you're done. Kidding. Jake DeBrusque, I think he's gone. Um, I just don't think him and Bruce Cassidy have a great relationship. They just haven't. They haven't clicked for years. Um, they never look happy together. Like they're whenever they're talking, it's never. There's never a smile. There's never a pat. They always look heated. I think Jake DeBrusque is gone. All right. Um, anyone? You, anything that you think they need to bring in? Why? Well, doesn't have to be a certain player. It can be if you want center, wing, goalie, defense. What do you think? Defense. Defense. Okay. Um, for the Blackhawks, uh, I think one of our offensive pieces is going to go, whether it be Brandon Hagel, maybe. I don't think we trade to Brinkett, Kane, or Taze. I think those guys are off the table, especially since Kane has said he wants to retire. A Blackhawks says stay the crap away, you Avs and Rangers fans, stay away. He wants to stay in Chicago, the best American of all time. Um, but, yeah, I think someone like Hagel, maybe Kubelik. Maybe even Doc or Ryan Carpenter. Ryan Carpenter could be dealt. Even it's just very interesting to see with the new GM that we brought in. I think he wants to keep that core, that yeah. Stanley Cup experience, and Taze and Kane, but deal maybe some of these younger pieces that could help teams make a push and just get picks and experience in. But also maybe even we deal um, Connor Murphy on the defensive side, and unfortunately maybe even Mark Andre Fleury for that team that needs a goalie late season because his contract's at the end of the year, but they're going to say they're going to listen to Flurry and see what he wants to do. If he wants to finish out the year with the Hawks, even though they are – let's check the wild card standing just to make me feel sad. They are um, 60 uh, – they are uh, 15 points back of Vegas for the second wild card spot, so yeah. not looking likely. But I just want us to keep keep those three, keep the Brinkett, Kane, and Taze, and mm-hmm. I'll be fine. I think so, Lincoln's a good piece too, but he shouldn't be dealt. Should be Flurry on the deal that he has. It's crazy to moving on from that. Um, do you Claude Giroux's time in Philly is about over? I think. I think so. Just the way they've been, just reacted to this last couple. Of, I mean, I'm seeing on the ESPN homepage even that the Flyers salute to Claude Giroux as t- trade deadline uh, departure looms. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, they honor hit uh, to honor the uh, ESPN has this article right now. Philadelphia Flyers to honor Claude Giroux's 1,000th game before they possibly trade him. Which oh, yeah. You've got to give him that in Philly. Well, would uh, that come after the deadline? Uh, if that comes after. The Flyers will celebrate Giroux and his family for Thursday night's game tonight okay. and have invited special guests of honor. Um, yeah, I think it's over for got him you. in Philly. I don't know where he's going to go, um, but it's going to be – it's gonna be interesting. He's been a piece of that. We've you said it before. He's been was on the cover of um, NHL. Um, what was it? Thirteen. Thirteen. Yeah. Yeah. And right now, ESPN says bold predictions they have him going to the Bruins. So it'd be uh, very interesting to see that, especially with yeah, it's trading in within the division, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. Be, eh, interesting to say the least. But, so before we go to break, as we talked about last time we were together, 
I got to go see Griggs beloved Chicago Blackhawks last week. When I was there, I got him a souvenir. I said that I wasn't going to tell him and I was going to give it to him live on the air. He thought that I got him a $250 Patrick Kane jersey. No, I said I already have that. It'd be really funny if you did. Griggs is a great co-host, but not $250 (laughs) worthy. So, Griggs, here is what I got you. Ooh, he got me a NHL Chicago Blackhawks Zamboni label pen. Thank you very much, sir. I I actually collect a lot of these for like especially the Cubs. I have a lot like there's like one hat I have with a lot of them on. So gotta find some place to put this back in probably Charlotte on my like pin thing. So appreciate you, homie. That's good. I'm glad that I got something that you already collect. Yes, I could. Well, I you've been to like the team I care about, the Hornets. So, but yeah. I can't really get you something there. You already bought something yourself there. But yeah, thank you so much. But yeah, you're welcome. When we come back, the main reason why we got Tyler here is to talk about the major league baseball moves. The lockout ended while we were on break, so we will talk about that and everything when we come back. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Eagles Nest here on Weagle ninety one point one FM. And welcome back to the Eagles Nest here on Weagle ninety one point one FM on the campus of Auburn University. Any Bradley Basin Studios currently. I, I am Griggs Blankenberg. Alongside me is my co-host, as always, Daniel Locke. And our special guest today, Tyler Graydon, one of our friends here at Auburn, who will What's be up? talking about some baseball. But first off, we'll start it off. Freddie Freeman is now a Los Angeles Dodger. As the resident Braves fan here, Tyler, yes, you have the floor. Yes, this is, this is a painful thing to see, Freddie Freeman leaving the Atlanta Braves. Um, as long as I've been aware and like understanding baseball, Freddie Freeman has been on the Atlanta Braves. So, so seeing him leave and go to a team like the Dodgers, who I feel like have become a rival for the Braves over the past two seasons, in the pretty much on what's been going on in the postseason and how they've just been competing all, all along. But seeing Freddie Freeman go to the Atlanta Do- or Los Angeles Dodgers has been is kind of tough to see on a six-year, $162 million deal. So he's gonna be there for a little while, and that's that's he's the he's been the face of the franchise for the Atlanta Braves. So seeing him leave, it's it's pretty tough as a true Braves fan. As a I guess we'll call it second team. Just say second team. Okay, fine. As somebody who loves the Braves very much, um, I'm predominantly a Red Sox fan, but the Braves always will hold a special place in my heart mainly because I've seen them play more than any other team because, you know, they're very short drive away. My dad's a huge Braves fan, so I was raised on it. I kind of found the Red Sox on my own. Mm-hmm. But uh, this sucks. Like, this hurts it's, so bad. It's, it's just like a, it's like a pain that I've never really felt before, and I didn't really expect to feel well, for like a, as like a Braves fan. Coming from the obviously. Cubs fan who had – Three of our main pieces from our World Series team, Baez, Rizzo, and Bryant, gone all within oh, each other yeah. within a day. That was a roller coaster, especially Bryant and um, because that was like the Hardy team, especially, especially Bryant and Baez, who got traded like fifteen minutes. It was like yeah. Bryant, Bryant was still on the Cubs with ten minutes left. I'm like, okay, we got him. And then the last second, the complete dumpster fire. We still only have like two people from that World Series team starting that World Series game seven on the team. That was Kyle Hendricks and Contreras, and also Jason Hayward. So that was three people. So, do you guys Are you guys familiar with Troy Kloss and Derek Lee? Derek Lee, oh my gosh, yes. That was my brother's like favorite player growing up on the Cubs, first baseman. So that's he crazy. He was Freddie Freeman's uh, predecessor. No I just Googled way. that. That really? is crazy. I had no, yeah, I had no idea. Wow. Bro, that's crazy because 
Derek Lee was Kent's favorite player growing up, so that was nuts. That was Is Kent crazy. listening right now? I bet he He'll is. He'll probably listen on the podcast later. <laughs> yeah, That's like, right, Kent. He was ours first, boy. It was on the chapel. He was in, like, I think they're in chapel right now, if I remember correctly. But, yeah, coming from the non-Braves fans' perspective on Freddie, I mean, I hate the Braves, I'm going to be honest right now. I'm sorry, <laughs> both of you. I don't like them because every, everyone in the Southeast is a Braves fan, which is true, baffling to me because no one cares about Florida baseball teams. But 108 years. 108 years, that is correct. And the Braves just won, what, their second one? Second I wasn't series? talking about us. I was oh. talking about you, big fella. Oh, yeah, still won a ring. Still got it. <laughs> yeah, but, they got um, it. They got it. The only, way that I, the only reason I cheer for the Braves, because the only team really that would make me cheer for the Braves from them <laughs> would be the Yankees or the Houston Astros. Yeah. And push come to shove, it was the Astros, so I cheer for the Yankees. But I think with Matt Olson coming in, I think it's a younger guy. It's very similar. To, it's about as close to Freddie Freeman as you can get without it being Freddie Freeman. I mean, you got a guy who's born and raised in Atlanta. Um, you I, get him. I love it. I love it. I like a move. I the think move it's too. a great. Move. I think his gloves a little bit not as good as Freddie, but his mm-hmm. bat's more consistent than Freddie. I, lo- I, I think lo- it's love a great it. move. Even though people are sad that he's gone, I think you bring in a little bit youth. He's five years younger than Freddie. He's twenty seven. Freddie's thirty two. So it builds on the future yeah. stuff. And it is a. I think it's like probably the perfect replacement for Fred, mm-hmm. for Fred Freeman. Qu- quickly, since we didn't have this on this list, uh, my guy also beginning of the year. You're welcome, Jock Peterson. Uh, now on the, I believe, what, Giants? The Giants. Giants. Yeah. Eh. I, I don't think he, you'll miss him that much with Acuna coming back. But I just like the energy that he mm-hmm. brought. He brought a he, lot of good he energy. Brought the, he brought the pearls to the Braves. <laughs> he got he saved the Braves in the division round against the Brewers. I wish the Cubs would have done more for him, even though I remember that. It was him, it was him versus Bryant and Bryant's rookie year for rookie of the year, and then Bryant exploded in the second half, and he kind of cooled off. So. Yeah. I wonder if um, Jock Peterson ever returned Anthony Rizzo's bat to him. Probably not. Probably not. I mean, it works. I mean, yeah. that World Series stuff, like, Anthony Rizzo was, like, giving away stuff to everyone. I think he gave, like, Tommy Lestella's, like, underwear, and he, like, hit, like, <laughs> four, Ugh, four. that's just weird. <laughs> like, it was washed. It was, like, he and Tommy Lestella went, like, four for four. In that so game if I were to Giants. text you, be like, Griggs, I'm nervous about the show. Can I borrow your underwear? You would not find that weird at all? Probably not, but they're in the clubhouse, and they have, like, underwear already in there. But Okay, I guess that's a good point. Moving on, my favorite current player in the MLB, Chris Bryant is now a Colorado Rocky, even though I love him. I think they way overpaid for him. $162 million for six years, I believe, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Six years, $162 million. That's overpaying. I mean, I feel like some people with the Rockies, they're like kind of like stall out, and they just don't have like any – they're like average, but they're never too good to like be a contender in the West with San, uh, San Francisco and the Dodgers. So, yeah, I think that's going to be interesting. His his – Contract is actually seven years, oh. 182 million. Okay, I was thinking of Freddie. Freddie yeah, was six Freddie's year, a six year, six year Yeah, I knew I mixed those two. Yeah, I was okay. thinking about that too. But yeah, um, other news also. Japanese phenom. Uh, what was it? Something Suzuki. Kirk Suzuki. Kirk, uh, Kirk Suzuki is now a Chicago Cub. I think they maybe have. That's like well, the Yankees are paid for Tanaka. You know that, mm-hmm. but he's the second highest paid player straight from Japan. I think. Uh, what's it called? Um, uh, Shohei Otani will eventually pass to Tanaka with his. What do you guess? I remember in um, the off season before the 2017 season when the Braves brought in Kurt Suzuki specifically to catch for R. A. Dickey because he had uh, experience catching for knuckleballers, and then <laughs> R. A. Dickey said he liked Tyler Flowers catching for him better, but um, that had to sting a little bit. But I mean Suzuki's good. He was he was all right for the Braves, not the worst catcher they ever had. 
That's on Darnoud's brother. This is not Kurt Suzuki. This is yeah. C.S. Suzuki. Oh, yeah, it's a say. Japanese outfielder straight from Japan. Oh, that's a little embarrassing for me. Oh, well. <laughs> it's all good. But, yeah, he brings a bat that the Cubs really need in that middle of the lineup, yeah. losing Rizzo, Bryant, once in a blue moon bias when he didn't strike out. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see that how that kind of co-aligns with the Cubs, even though we need to get rid of Jason Hayward. Mom, I know you're listening to me. He gave the speech in the dugout. His bat, He has the worst postseason batting average in history. I know I'm talking to the Braves fan here. He could not hit for anything. He was a good fielder. I loved, for, I loved Jason Hayward as a Brave. He couldn't hit. I, I loved it. I loved him. MLB worst batting average in the postseason. Bro. <laughs> Minimum 100 attempts. So he's had more than 100. <laughs> he's batting 100-something. The wow. 2012 Atlanta Braves outfield is second to none. Is that the one with Justin Upton and B.J. Upton? Yeah, Jason yeah. Hayward. Was that the same yeah. outfield when the infield fly rule? No, that was 2011. Okay. We didn't have the Uptons. Yeah. It was um, Jason Hayward, Martin Prado, and some rando. But Moving Wait, on. Where, at shortstop? No, at okay. outfield. Moving. Oh, okay, because I was saying shortstop would probably Angelton Simmons then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Moving on a little bit, uh, quick grinky back to the Royals where he started, where he won his Cy Young. That's going to be interesting to see with them since they're trying to rebuild in that stacked I AL Central. Great, yeah. I think it is too. Bring him back. Used to it's, be really good for him. For yeah, them. he's kind of on the end of his career. Yeah. And coming back to started. his home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I think that's great uh, for cool, great signing for the Quick, Braves. Fernando Tatis to get surgery on his, sh- what is it, shoulder or elbow? Uh, uh, it is uh, on broken left wrist. Sorry. Dude, I'm a little upset because uh, I'm going to St. Louis Memorial Day weekend. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. Even though I love St. Louis, my cousin's there, but I can't. You're going to go to a game? Yeah. Um, there are two games against the Giants, but the last game is against the Padres. And now it looks like Tatis might not even be playing. When do you say you're going? Um, it's in the May, Memorial Day. Yeah, you're not going to. But, yeah. yeah. I'm a little upset, but, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He might still be there on the bench. But, yeah, uh, Reds have a fire sale. They were going to be probably the surefire favorite, I think, in the NL Central. Now it kind of opens it up with what they've given away. Uh, and at least, I know y'all like to hear this, but here's my opinion. It's everyone else versus the Mets. False. Uh, every that year. That every the, year that this talk the, starts. That is the best one-two pitching okay. lineup I've ever seen. Look, I agree. It every- is the Grom and Scherzer. You cannot argue that. If As long as they hit the ball, who it is the automatic one-two? Even though the I, Mets kind of uh, kind of stink a little bit when DeGrom pitched, he won the Cy Young with an under 500 record, but still. I cannot remember a year since 2015 that every year around this time, around you know early March when the baseball hold on when the baseball season is about to start, all this all oh, the Mets are a god squad. I don't even oh, like the Mets, Mets but are being, so good. I'm, I'm, I'm and then like the Mets. I'm being honest here. I'm being the terrible. They're terrible. I'm being the I'm being the, bi- the unbiased person here. I do not like the Mets. I don't really like the NLEs at all. The Mets. That is the one, the best one-two pitching rotation I've seen since I started watching baseball when I was like six or uh, four, four years old. As, okay. You as, got Degrom at one, who was incredible. The Cy Young winner before he got hurt last year. Then you got Matt Scherzer, who was one of the best pitchers the last probably five or six years in baseball, going from the Tigers to the Nationals. Those are two guys. If you get some. It, Two, maybe even three runs, you're winning that game off that pitching. They're going seven innings, six to seven innings. They're going to get it done. The Mets will win the NL East or at least be in a playoff spot with that Bro, one, too. People have said that, if they people avoid said injury, that last year and they finished below 500. I'm not they, scared. They didn't have matchers. They, they don't have an off, offense either. They don't really have much DeGrom, offense. But I think DeGrom is going to go down as the GOAT. Yeah. And as, as a Braves fan, seeing the their division, the NL East, it's just like. 
the NL East is stacked, in my opinion. I think it's one of the best divisions in baseball. Especially if, um, depending on where Carlos Correa goes next, right? Or I think it could be. You can go honestly anywhere. Go anywhere. I don't know. I don't know where. I don't know where anyone could really use him besides maybe, like maybe the Padres. Yeah, uh, yeah. But as seeing, seeing this is, I agree with you, Griggs. This is probably one of the best uh, one-two pitching rotations ever. Mm-hmm. It has to be. Yeah. But. Yeah, that's going to wrap us up for some MLB talk when we come back. Our one hour of March Madness coverage starts. We will break down each region, and we will talk about our sleepers, teams who will make noise, and near the end we'll talk about what Auburn has to do to make it to NOLA and possibly beyond that in the final game. You're listening to the Eagles Nest here on Weagle 91.1 FM. And welcome back to the Eagles Nest here on a Weagle 91.1 FM on this Thursday morning. I am Greg Blankenberg. Alongside me, as always, my co-host Daniel Locke. And still with us is Mr. Tyler Graydon. Now we are going to start to get into the main reason of this show. It is our two-hour March Madness special. So we have an hour of March Madness coverage here from 9.45 to 10.45. We'll finish, as always, with who you got. So let's yeah, let us just jump right into it. We will start in the West region. We first off have this quick matchup. We're going to talk about each matchup, move through ones that are not as close quicker. But let us get it going. Uh, first game is Gonzaga versus Georgia State. Gonzaga. That's easy. Yeah. That's easy. Gonzaga. Uh, this one is not football. Georgia State will not stick around. Yeah. Get against yeah. Auburn. So Gonzaga, pretty, pretty easy for that one. Uh, moving on, more interesting one. We got the Boise State Broncos versus the Memphis Tigers. Bro, I stared at this one for so long, mm-hmm. filling out my bracket. Oh, I, I have a hard time going against Memphis here. Yeah, I do too. Mm-hmm. I think I, I think I got Memphis. I think Memphis is just better than uh, it's who they have to. I'm, they they're right. the ninety right now because of how they struggled at the beginning of the year. I yeah. They've beaten um. Well, let me look at their ESPN's best thing for this. They've beaten Houston twice. It's very it's pretty good. They beat uh, Alabama. They, they beat Alabama. They beat Virginia Tech. It was in the tournament. They lost to uh, Murray State by two. Um, they, uh, yeah, those are the teams they play. But I don't think. Let me see who Boise State's played. That's been notable, worth a note. They beat San Diego State three times, which is something. Yeah. Colorado State they lost twice to, who's also in the tournament. But and the common opponents they have are St. Louis. Louis, who Boise State lost by four, and then Memphis lost by uh, one by sixteen. Yeah. But. Even though Memphis, uh, Boise State has a better record, I'm going to go Memphis just because of that, who they have on that team. Uh, I agree, too. Memphis is good. Memphis. Memphis. Yeah, I got Memphis. Even though we'll talk about more of this than the, um, who you got later. But moving on also, we got UConn and New Mexico State. I got UConn just because of their ability. They're one of the best rebounding teams in the nation. I think they're uh, stacked. They beat Auburn. That's a big thing. More big in the beginning of the year, but now this. But. This yeah. is an upset I have. This is an upset. You got I New got, Mexico State. Yeah, I got New Mexico State. I think that I mean they're a solid team. They can they they have good defense. They can score. I'm going with New Mexico State to pull off the five twelve upset here. Mm, interesting, Daniel. Um, I went with UConn. Uh, they're a good team. Um, they've proven that. And I'm not. I don't think that they will cover. I think it'll be very close though. Mm-hmm. Moving on now to the next game, we got the four thirteen matchup in the. West Division, we have the Arkansas Razorbacks, number four, taking on the Vermont Catamounts in Buffalo, New York. In some brackets, I have Vermont winning this. When I'm looking at my main bracket, this is the one I trust the most. I'm going to go with Arkansas. I think J.D. Note 
and uh, the Arkansas Razorbacks are going to get it done against Vermont. But don't sleep on the Catamounts, though. I think it's going to be a good game. I agree. I have, I have Arkansas winning this game, but I think it's going to be a lot closer than people are thinking. I think Vermont is going to give them a run for the money. Yeah, I do, too. Um, Arkansas has proven at times this year that they're not the most reliable. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I watched some highlights of this Vermont team just to kind of see since, like, I would be willing to bet that they they have not played a game this year that we could have watched on TV. So it's just hard to see. But I went and searched it out, and they look good. They really do. Mm-hmm. Moving on now to the 6-11 matchup, the number 6 Alabama Crimson Tide versus the 11 seed Notre Dame Fighting Irish taking <coughs> excuse me, taking Rutgers to double overtime last night in Dayton in the first four. Um, I think any other scenario, I think Rutgers won in regular uh, – uh, in regulation, I think they beat Alabama. I think overtime for Rutgers won, they beat Alabama. Double overtime, I don't think Notre Dame beats Alabama. I just what John Rothstein said, the uh, CBS Sports basketball college basketball insider. Um, Alabama's a team that can lose in the first round, or they're a team that could potentially get to the Final Four. That's just how they played all year. They've been the most inconsistent team in basketball, maybe even ever. Definitely in the last five, ten years, but. It really depends on what Alabama team shows up. If they're hitting their shots, they're going to get really far in the tournament. But I think that because Notre Dame beat Rutgers, I think Alabama's going to win. But if Rutgers had won last night, I, I would yeah, pick I would, Rutgers. I would pick Rutgers too, but I got Bama here in this one. Me too. You want to know what I think? Go Irish. You really want to know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're going Irish. <laughs> Rally, sons of Notre Dame. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Don't get us taken down with a copyright. No, nah, <laughs> I, I paid for that sound. I'm kidding. That's I, what I got. Go Irish beat Bama. Well, everyone's cheering for the Irish, but I'm just being real. Yeah, that's the here. first. But, yeah, here we go. Moving on, the number three-seeded Texas Tech. Um, What are they, the Red Raiders? Yep. 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 Versus the Montana State, I believe, Cougars. Uh, Texas Tech. They're one of the hottest teams in basketball. I got them going yeah, far. Yeah, I hope bracket. Texas Tech wins this game. I got them go to the Final Four. So. Me too. <laughs> um, Daniel, Texas Tech? Texas Tech. Moving on now, an interesting game. Daniel will be there in Greenville for. He said he may attend it. He may not. We got the number seven seed Michigan State Spartans taking on the number 10 Davidson Wildcats. I got Davidson in this one. I do too. I think they're a great shooting team. This Daniel, is very... I think you should go to this game. I think yes. it's going to be one heck of a game. I think the way they've played this year, yeah. they beat Alabama by one, which really isn't saying that much. They beat St. Louis twice, which is a team that a lot of these teams are comparing to that did make the tournament but still had a pretty good year. Um, Purdue has lost some decent games. They did beat, however, they did beat UConn. They lost twice to Illinois, but they beat Wisconsin twice as well. So, But I got Davidson. I think they're, the ability to shoot the basketball is going to be – be able to uh, out uh, produce um, what they can do. Uh, Notre Dame can do on the offensive side of the ball. They're really yeah. up tempo too. You got Dan. Michigan State. Michigan State. Yes, that'd be that'd be an interesting matchup if this next round goes to plan. <laughs> we got the number also in Greenville. Daniel will be at the number two seeded Duke Blue Devils taking on number fifteen seed Cal State Fullerton. You oh, know what? A, oh, go ahead. Duke's gonna win. But but what it what well wouldn't it be amazing if they oh as as a Duke hater I would love it as be like the most Mike Shashevsky way to go out just getting upset at every again his last game at Cameron losing to Chapel Hill last game in the AC tournament losing Virginia Tech and the the first game losing to his fifth a third. 15 seed. That'd just be like the most I think Duke thing if, ever. If that oh, happens, I hope I th- that happens. I, th- I think just he comes back. I'll be sitting yeah. I think there's no way. Oh, he'd go, yeah. Oh, there's something. He, he would, he would come back. I'm like, he would come back. 
he's so much of an egomaniac. He yeah. But wouldn't that be? Something? He wouldn't want to go out like that. Yeah, wouldn't that be something? That'd be incredible. But yeah, I got unfortunately I got Duke. I do up, think Mike is is probably the goat. He's definitely the greatest coach of all time. Mm, eh, no, I think he nope, is. Nope, no, no, no. I think the uh, Roy Williams is even better. Even though that's the Carol. I grew up with Carolina was my two, number two team. My mom went there. Just Roy, when since when Roy Williams got to Chapel Hill, he did more in Chapel Hill than Duke did in the last since Roy was there and okay. including this year. So. I gotcha. I mean, he won the three tiles. I mean, Koshesky won three tiles in that same span too. But those are both good the... answers. But I'm sorry, neither one's the goat. Let's hear. What Mike, is it? Uh, no, it's a uh, John Wooden. No, it's it's actually Avery Johnson. Oh my gosh, I thought you were about to say Tom. Oh, yeah, I, I thought Tom. Green. What? Yeah, okay. sorry, bye, Tom. <laughs> also, yeah, that's gonna do it for the West region. Moving on quickly to the East region. I think we're gonna have to do um, South and Midwest in the next section. Yeah, is, we, okay, got we got plenty of time. time. Yeah. Yeah, moving on. Number one seed Baylor, Norfolk State, Baylor, but yeah, everyone Baylor, yeah, yeah, yeah Baylor. But without that, sh- their shooting guard, um, or without that, pl- um, uh, they're losing their one of their best shooters. Talking to my friend from Baylor, uh, they um leading scorer L.J. Cryer, he's gonna miss the first weekend. So that three-two match between Chapel Hill or Marquette, they without that's gonna be an interesting matchup. I think very, very interesting to watch out for that one. But I got Baylor at least in the first one. Uh, moving on to the next one, we got the number eight seed North Carolina Tar Heels versus the number nine Marquette Golden Eagles. This may sound like a homer since I'm from there, but I got the Tar Heels. I think they, I do too. I think they perform it, yeah. in March. I also have them beating Baylor in the next round. Ooh, I think I, 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 I do too. Happen. If they, especially since that shooters, out, I definitely yeah, I didn't I, have that before that, but I got Chapel Hill in the next yeah. round as well too. But so yeah, North Carolina yeah, for that first. I round, think yeah. North Carolina. They just seen it. For, they'd never really lose in the first round tournament. I don't think they really had. Mm-hmm. I think maybe they were eight nine last year too. They lost to Wisconsin, but I can't remember if that was first or second round. But moving on to the game, Daniel probably cares the most about besides Auburn. We have the number five seed St. Mary's Gales versus the number twelve Indiana Hoosiers. I wrote a little poem about this. Oh boy, here we go. One banner, two banner, three banner, four. We've not won five banner since eighteen ninety four. Six banner. Knocked on the door. I have Indiana in this, but just since, just because of that poem, I may switch <laughs> to St. Mary's. I also have Indiana, and I take it by the jersey that Daniel has on right now. He's going yes. with Indiana, too. First time in the tournament since 2017. We made it to the Sweet 16 that year for running into Kentucky. Oh, I'm so hyped. Oh, man, this is good. First year under Mike Woodson. In the, the IU is back. Mm, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that specifically. I mean, they're back in the tournament. That's correct. But they they the are back working the, their way back. They were back in the first four. They and are pretty the, good. They're going to lose their best player next year. you got to come to terms with that. No, but that's okay. We've won games this year that we haven't won the past couple years. Before we beat Purdue this year, mm-hmm. we were on like a seven-game losing I mean, you streak. You weren't winning with your boy Tom Crean the last two or three years. Well, Tom anything. Crean sucks. He's your favorite coach, though, I thought. That's a joke. <laughs> I know. I know. All, right. All right, moving on. Uh, UCLA number four seed taking on Akron, the number thirteen seed. I got UCLA. Yeah, I think they're yeah. a slept on team this year, and yeah. it'll come up later in my bracket that I hope. Happens. But Akron's got to carry to school since we know um, football's not doing it. So yeah, this bracket I have right here, my main bracket, it's a, it's a mix of what I really think will happen, kind of what I wish would happen, which is not really great. I might change that a little bit, but yeah, I got UCLA. Moving on, very interesting. This is probably one of the more interesting this, matchups I'm going to I think this is one of the to. hardest games to pick. Number six, Texas Longhorns. Oh, yeah. on the number 11 seed, Virginia Tech Hokies. Hokies ACC coming off champ, by hot the off the ACC championship, beating Ch- uh, Duke. Them as a 11 seed right away, they're not, they wouldn't have, they would, 
they would have done them like A and M. They would not have gotten in. If yeah, they, the I way they put, so. I think maybe if they were a ten seed, maybe even a nine, they would have gotten in. But no way. Now if they were an eleven, they're okay. The community's like they're not getting in if they don't win this. Yeah. But this may be me since Virginia Tech was my second choice after Auburn. Between Auburn and Virginia Tech, I got into both. I'm gonna go with the Hokies just because I'm riding the hot hand. Texas has struggled some this year under Chris Beard, even though Chris Beard did perform with a uh, Texas Tech in the last regular uh, March Madness tournament in 2019, where they took. We don't talk about that team to the final game when I wasn't an Auburn fan, but I got Tech. Yeah. Uh, I also have Tech. I think that they're uh, they're just hot, like you said. Gotta be, they're they're, they're going to, I mean, if you're hot in March, you're going to win games. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I agree. I'm going to put I put Virginia Tech in the second round. Mm-hmm. Daniel? Um, I took Texas in one bracket, Virginia Tech in the other. Um, honestly, it's a coin flip. Like, Texas – like top to bottom's probably better, but as hot as Virginia Tech is right now, it's hard to pick against them. So I'm honestly, it really comes down to a coin flip. Mm-hmm. I'm going with Virginia Tech though. All right. Moving on, this one, think quick. Uh, you got Purdue versus Yale. Purdue. Yeah, I would yeah, love to see. Purdue. I, I would love to see <laughs> Yale knock them out. Even though the Big Ten not going to win a title for a few more years to come, at least. Yeah. But, you know, Big Ten's not won a title. We're going to win a title won, in two Big, weeks. Big Ten's not won a title since Michigan State back in, like, 2000. A Big Ten team will win the title in two weeks. Iowa? No. Really? Interesting. East of Iowa. Not Indiana. Oh, yeah. Uh, Murray State, San Francisco 7-10. I got Murray State. Not lost since they lost to Auburn back in December. What do you guys got in that one? I got Murray State. Yeah, Murray State. And final game, Kentucky. Kentucky, yeah. Kentucky. Yeah. Kentucky, unfortunately. But it won't count. I don't know if everyone tells you it will. But, yeah. Uh, and that's going to do it for the left side of the bracket. When we come back, we got Mr. Alex joining us on the show as well as Tyler still here. Uh, we'll review the South and the Midwest round of 64 games. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Eagles Nest here on Weagle 91.1 FM. Welcome back into the Eagle's Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM. This is the most crowded the studio has ever been during this show. Our first time having all four mics in use. I'm Daniel Locke. Alongside me is always my co-host, Griggs Blankenberg. Our co-sports director here at Weagle, Alex Houston. Counterpart to the unmistakable Jacob Hillman. Alex, good to have you on. Tyler's still here as well, hanging out with us. It was quite the intro for Alex over there. <laughs> yeah, I apologize. My headphones are not working as as I is warned anticipated. You. I'll just I'll just go it like this. But yeah, thank you guys for having me. Very excited to talk about some March Madness chaos. Yes, let us do. And now we move on to the right side of the bracket in the South and Midwest. First off, in the South, the first game we got to talk about Arizona, Wright State, Arizona. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're one of the hottest teams in basketball. I think they're one of my choices. I think that can make it very far. But I think Arizona's a wagon right now. I'm going to ride the hot hand. I'm going the Wildcats. Yeah, I don't think Wright State stands a chance. I mean, there's always, you know, that one upset you got to pick, but no, not this team. They're 163rd in BPI. They give up 71 points a game, and they only score 75. There's just not much of a chance for – oh, their mascot's the Raiders. Yeah, not much of a chance for them. I mean, Arizona's also one of, like, the best – they're one of the best rebounding and, like, assist teams in the nation. If you got those two, I think you're doing something right. Absolutely. But – Especially first-year coach Tommy Lloyd from the Mark Few tree from Gonzaga. So, very – first year, too, crazy enough. Arizona, Daniel? Um, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, but moving on now, this is the to the eight nine match in this one. We have the Seton Hall Pirates versus the TCU Horn Frogs. This is another tough one. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with TCU just because I think they have a very good size difference than Seton Hall. I think their size helps them well, especially beating Kansas within the last two or three weeks. So I have TCU in that one over Seton Hall. I also have uh, TCU to win that game. Yeah, I mean, me too. Uh, Seton Hall's played people, like played good teams, but they just have not been able to come out on top against them. They've only beaten Michigan by two and maybe Texas by four. But other than those wins, they're really not uh, – I think TCU has better wins and can compete better mm-hmm. than Seton Hall. So I think I got TCU winning that game. I actually went with Seton Hall. I went the other way. I always trust the Big East to cause some chaos, and I'm going to go with Seton Hall in this way. I mean – to be honest, it doesn't matter much either way because whatever team wins here is going to get blown out by Arizona, but that's right. down the line, of course. Hmm. Yeah. So as a native of Birmingham, Alabama, Tyler as well, this next game is very interesting. The UAB Blazers, 12th seed, taking on the 5th seeded Houston Cougars. Now this UAB team, they're one, good. One word. They're pretty good. Jelly fam. Jelly give, fam. Give, give, me, give me UAB. I, I like UAB in this game, too. Je, uh, I mean, Jelly, is he's good. He's, he I've, seen him, I've seen him play before. He's, I went to a game this year. Houston's also been very suspect, I think, at yeah, times this year. Yeah, they've had rough, rough ass points during the season, but I think UAB is going to win this game. I haven't, I haven't been winning the upset. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I do, too. I'm going with Houston on this one. I just think I think UAB is a good basketball team. I just think Houston's a better team. I think Houston's had a lot tougher competition on the way here, yes. and I think they also just are overall a more talented basketball team compared to UAB. And I think again, UAB is going place. I think they're certainly a program to watch out for in the future. But right now, I think Houston is just too talented at a number of positions and too good defensively, giving up only 58 points a game, which I think is probably the best among Power 5 teams, if not one of the best. Yeah, so it'll be interesting how they handle uh, Jelly, because yeah. Jelly, he can he can put some was, points up quick. I also trust Kelvin Sampson. And again, UAB's got a great offense to attack it, so it's going to be a great game. I just think Houston's got too much talent. Do you think if um if Houston lost this game that they would trash the court on the way out again, like the last time they lost from a t- lost to a team from the state of Alabama? Did they do that? Yeah, it's like or they some, knocked the trash can over. Some dude picked it up. Yeah, like one of their players stuck by that, like cleaned oh, yeah, it up. I remember that video. Was it because like, like the alleged goaltend? I say yeah, because yeah, yeah, nobody yeah. knows if it was or was not. But I think around here it probably was seen as a goaltend. Probably, but yeah. Good Mo- point. Moving on now to the four thirteen matchup, the number four seeded. Illinois fighting Illini versus the number thirteen Chattanooga. Illinois garbage. Really? You got yes. you got Chattanooga in this one? I don't, but Illinois garbage. <laughs> I, I got Illinois. I Even also have Illinois. That's, that's the my dad grew up thirty five minutes from Champagne talking to me. But who who on Chattanooga is stopping Kofi Kofi Coburn? He's probably the most. Oscar Tshibwe ask of anyone in college basketball. Exactly. In games like this, you know, you've got to get a perfect storm to get a 13 seed upset. You've got to get a team that plays a specific style that matches up well with their opponents. But the problem is, you can't have, you know, a size advantage. Look at Virginia and UMBC from years ago. The mm-hmm. reason UMBC was able to win is because Virginia wasn't a big basketball team. That's, Virginia also can't score. That's ever. true. That and that that bridges the gap though is the fact that because all these lower seeds are always undersized. They always are. That's just the way it is. And with Again, with Illinois, they're just that isn't there. Even no matter how good Chattanooga may be, I just don't think they stand a chance against this, that size. That's just not a not a good matchup I've for them this at all. Before mm-hmm. this year, one team has Kofi Coburn and one doesn't. Exactly, the, and I that's think that's that's gonna even even as you may say, Daniel, the Illinois may not be a good basketball team. That guy will take them the 
a certain way in the tournament. Not all the way, mm-hmm. I don't think at all, but he just has enough talent to carry that team to victories over a team like Chattanooga, mm-hmm. no matter yeah. what else happens. Moving on now to the 6-11 matchup, you have the Colorado State Rams at the 6th seed. Pretty interesting with that one. And the number 11 seed, who didn't have to play in a play-in game, which speaks to money and the brand name, the Michigan Wolverines. Give me the Rams. The Rams? I, I went with Colorado State, too. I think I think Michigan State – or Michigan, they were on the bubble. But, I mean, I think they should have had a first four game as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think Colorado State can just win that game. And then pretty handily, honestly, I think they can mm, really. be able to do it pretty easily. Probably cover, too. And not to mention Devontae Jones will be out for this game, which is just another pop, another problem for Michigan to kind of – I just don't think they're a very good basketball team this year. I think they got more important things to be concerned about, like making sure Juwan Howard doesn't assault somebody after the game. <laughs> so they got – that'll be a small victory for them. I just don't – What's wrong with the little slap box? Ev- evidently, <laughs> uh, not not much according to the University of Michigan. But I have a take on that. We'll save it for later. I think, I think Colorado State is – a good enough team, again, they are a six seed despite not winning their conference. The whole importance of conference tournament still doesn't make any sense to me, but that's another debate for another time. But I think, the, I think they'll get the victory here because, again, I just think Michigan is just not a very good basketball team, and that injury will not help them at all. I'm going to go with Michigan still, even with that injury, just the, on the sole purpose of experience and tougher competition throughout the year, even though the Big, Tw- Big Ten is notoriously bad in recent memory in the tournament. I still think Michigan will get it done just because of who they play. They've beaten Purdue, I think, once. They beat Iowa. They beat Ohio State. But, yeah, I'm going to take the Wolverines in this one. I think it's going to be really close, though. For what it's worth, Colorado State has no size whatsoever. Their top rebounder is 6'6", and Michigan has a 7'1 forward. I do not remember his name, actually. But for what it's worth, there is that advantage that we just talked about. So we'll see how that plays out. Moving on now, the one of the hottest teams in college basketball, the number three seed Tennessee Volunteers taking on number fourteen seed Longwood. I think I got the balls, even though Rick Barnes is notoriously terrible in the tournament. Yeah, I've got Tennessee. I also have Tennessee. I think they should have been higher than a three seed. I think they should have been at least a two. That's because I don't or a two. I think they switch. They can swap with Villanova. I yeah, don't, I Villanova, agree. Villanova does I not agree. deserve that two seed with who they. I lost think Tennessee. I mean SEC champ Tennessee Volunteers. Mm-hmm. I think they should be the two seed. It's the SEC bias against basketball especially with two teams already being two seeds in the sec and seeing tennessee win that game maybe they were the only just because villanova would be above tennessee just because they have the head-to-head maybe now that i'm seeing that's that, true they did, beat, that. they did beat tennessee by 18 yeah. but yeah i got i still got tennessee and what we've seen right now is the selection committee is not rewarding teams for getting hot during the tournament i think that's going to bode mm-hmm. well for tennessee in this tournament and the fact that they've won so many in a row right now i think yeah they've won their last seven straight and even more of that, they've won, good Lord, I think it's, what, 12 out of their last 13? No, wait, 11 out of their last 12, actually. This is a very good basketball team, and they're gonna, I think they're going to run long without the gym. Mm-hmm. Moving on, a very interesting matchup, I think. Uh, out of the Big Ten, the number seven seed, Ohio State Buckeyes, which is the number 10 seed, Loyola Chicago Ramblers. Ramblers, again, made the Final Four back in, I believe, 2018? Yes, 2018. Yes. Mm-hmm. What a run that was, but in this one, who y'all got in this one? This is a very interesting matchup. Um, I never pick against Loyola Chicago. Um, I believe in the power of Sister Jean, <laughs> and they're going to get it done. I also went with Loyola in this game. Not really sure why. I Just just Sister Jean, I think, did it for me, too. I think I got to go with Loyola just because Ohio State's pretty cold right now. They got that bad loss to Michigan and then an even worse loss to Penn State in the Big Ten tournament. Again, according to the committee, the tournament doesn't matter, mm-hmm. but factoring that in, I think – 
Well, Chicago's a team that could certainly do some damage, and they are hot having won their conference tournament. They actually were second in the regular season in the conference after a crazy like 100-point or 102-96 overtime loss to Northern Iowa, but I think this is definitely a team that's dangerous, and I think they'll get it done. I got the Buckeyes just because they've beaten some good teams. They beat, they beat Duke. Uh, they played some good games on the road. They lost to Purdue by three on the road. They beat Illinois in Champaign, which is not really that easy to do. Uh, they split with Wisconsin. They split with Michigan, and they beat Michigan State by 11. They also beat Seton Hall also. Um, I think Loyola's lost some games against the, only the tournament teams. They, they lost every game this year they played against a tournament team besides San Francisco. Uh, I'm going to go Ohio State just on the fact I think E.J. Liddell can get hot, who's the third-team All-American, I think, AP. But, yeah, I got the Buckeyes in this one. And finally, our last one, I think we're going to get a break after this and just jump into the Midwest in the next segment. Uh, the number two seed Villanova Wildcats versus the 15 seed Delaware Blue Hens. I got Nova. 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 Yeah, absolutely. Villanova's a good basketball team. And, I mean, this just not the 15 seed that's going to pull them upset in Delaware. Just, yeah, this isn't the 15 seed. I see upsetting a team this year. But that'll do it for the south side of the bracket. When we come back, we will run through the Midwest, and after that we will follow up with our sleeper, some of our sleepers for the tournament and some teams to watch out for. You're listening to the Eagles Nest here on Weagle 91.1 FM. Welcome back into the Eagles Nest here on Weagle 91.1 FM. I'm your host, Daniel Locke. As always, alongside me, my co-host, Greg Blankenberg. We have Tyler Graydon, my good friend from back home. We have Alex Houston, our co-sports director here at Weagle. We're talking about March Madness. Coming up now is the Midwest region. Yes, the Midwest region, as John Rothstein called, I think the other day on part of my take, the region of the region of uh, chaos or something like that. I can't remember what it was, but it's a very interesting region. I think for all the top four seeds, it's the best draw they could have gotten, which they're all saying to each other, including Iowa's the five seed. But I think this is anyone's game, honestly, coming from someone who's cheering for a team in the Midwest region. But let's kick it off first. We got the can- number one seed, Kansas Jayhawks, taking on the number 16 seed, Texas Southern uh, I forgot what they're called. They didn't win the national championship. They remember that. Never forget that movie. But I got the Jayhawks easy. Yeah, Jayhawks. I think easy going to win this game. I, uh, I think Ochai Abaji, if I'm saying that right. Uh, I think he's one of the best players in basketball, and I think he's going to take Kansas very far in this tournament. Yeah, we're not really good with like pronunciation of this yeah. podcast. It's all good. I will say, uh, if any 16 seed is going to pull the upset it would have to be Texas Southern winning that first four I game. Think so. And also, I mean, they started the year 0-7, which is not a good you know, not a good sign, but I mean that means they've gone eighteen and five in their last twenty three. They also beat Florida somehow. I don't really know. They beat Florida by fifteen, which doesn't make any sense to me, but good for them. If any upset's gonna it's gonna be from them. It certainly won't though, because I think Kansas is gonna blow them out, as it always happens with the one seed. Yeah. Kansas Daniel. Um Texas Southern. Kidding. Yeah. Kansas. Moving on now to the 8-9 match of the San Diego State Aztecs versus the number 9 seed Creighton Blue Jays. I got Creighton based solely off of what they did to Providence in the semifinal of the Big East. That was beating them by 30. They beat the brakes off them. I got Creighton. They're hot. Yeah, I took them too. These 8-9 games are so tough. Mm-hmm. Always. I played San Diego State to win this one. I also picked San Diego State. Their defense is very, very talented. Yeah. And it'll be a great matchup. I just think... You know, these 8-9 games are always so tough, and you're certainly right with Creighton, but that's that's the whole confusing nature of Creighton. I mean, you blow the Providence out by 30, but you lose to Providence two weeks earlier by 21. You know, I mean, you lose 
to Seton Hall by 20 at one point. I mean, you lose to Xavier, just fired their coach by 10. They're, that's the nature of the Big East. That's why it's the most confusing conference because it's such a gauntlet. Teams will show up with a 22-11 and 11 record, but you don't know if that's a good record or a bad one. It's just – it's cast. But I'm going to go with San Diego State. Yeah. Daniel, you got you take a hit. Creighton? Um, yes. Got Creighton. All right, moving on now. One of the hottest teams in college basketball, the number five seed Iowa Hawkeyes versus the number 12 seed Richmond Spiders, who won – Solely off the fact that they won the A-10 tournament. They were not projected to be here at all, but let's hear. I got the Hawkeyes. Bro, you got to watch out for the Murray brothers. Like, I watched them erase a nine-point deficit with five minutes to play against my Hoosers. And you can't – you got to stop them. But I, I don't think they can do that, so Iowa. Iowa's very good. I think – I think – I have them losing to Kansas down the road, but I think they could go further. Like, they could go Final Four, Elite Eight. But – I I mean I do have Iowa in this game. Yeah, Iowa's it's got to be. I mean, there's just they're just too talented and they're too hot, and that's yeah. even as hot as Richmond may be winning their tournament, they just don't stand a chance. Moving on to this one, I think this one's actually really interesting. You got the Providence Friars, the four seed, taking on the number thirteen seed San Diego State Jackrabbits. I'm gonna go with the Jackrabbits. Me too. Mm-hmm. I mean, exactly. That's I, I like two 13 seeds in this tournament. One earlier I mentioned was Vermont. The other is South Dakota State. They are in bad conferences, which is fair. However, they have obliterated both of their conferences, and South Dakota State is no exception. They're one of the best offensive teams in the nation. One of the best three-point shooting teams across the country. And Providence again. They're the confusing nature of the Big East. That loss to Creighton does not look good. They're coming into the tournament pretty cold, and this South Dakota State team is red hot. Yeah, I think they've won their last thirty. Uh, they've won their last. I mean, they all lost since December. I remember hearing that yesterday. They have they have a winning streak of twenty one games, the longest in the nation by far. It's them and Murray State, right? But guess those two are the yes, top ones. Ex- yes, that's exactly right. Yeah, I'm gonna go the Jackrabs too. I I had, I had in some brackets. I didn't have like my main one I'm looking at right now, but I'm gonna stretch it, change it to that just on the fact that they're hot. I think Providence getting the breaks beaten off them. Providence, they're not really that good at any aspect of the basketball. They've really gotten almost, I hate to say the word lucky this year, but they've had a lot of things go their way. But I'm going to take the Jack. I was just on the sole fact they're hot, and the Friars are coming off that 30-point loss in the, the Big East tournament. This this game, I think, is going to be very high scoring. Um, San Diego State scores 86.7 points per game, mm-hmm. but they give up 73. I mean, yes, that's a big difference, but that's a lot of points to give up. I think it's going to be very high scoring, and I I do think Providence is going to be able to pull it out, but in a very high scoring matchup. The key, yeah. oh, go ahead. Um, a fun fact about me: there was a time when one of these schools had me as a pers- a prospective student. I'm sure you can probably guess which. They're the one I'm going with. The number four seeded Providence College Friars. I think also you got to look at the fact. I know Alex, you want to say something. I'll get to you in a second, but. Providence has never really had success in the NCAA tournament. They've always been like that team of like that eight nine game, but then they'll play like a the one seed Chapel Hill, or they'll like be at like a ten like a seven seed. They'll play Chapel Hill. They'll get that's why I remember last they definitely played Chapel Hill two times in the tournament in the last ten years because yeah, I remember Chapel so. Hill beating them every time. I don't think they've made it out of the round of thirty two, but something about Ed Cooley. Ed Cooley's a great coach. He probably will win Coach of the Year for what he did at Providence. But yeah, I got South Dakota State. I don't think they're not their their luck has run out. And one last thing. First of all, matchup of the two best mascots in college basketball. You got the Jackrabbits and you also got the Friars, which I think is just hilarious. Friars is the second scariest mascot behind the Billiken. Oh, yes. Can't forget about the Billiken. Got to love the Billiken. Um, And specifically, we talked about it earlier, Providence does not have a huge size advantage. They've got Mm -hmm. one 6'10 player that gets significant minutes. But if South Dakota State can keep it going and keep their pace of play, I think 
they have the advantage. And that's the key for any of these games. You know, you look at Florida Gulf Coast mm-hmm. from years ago. You look oh, at yeah. Little Chicago from years before <laughs> or years after that. The key to an upset is a team that plays to its style no matter what. Because mm-hmm. the issue with all the tournaments is... Paul Roberts said it last year, yeah. Exactly. The issue with all the tournaments is guys will try and match their style to the team they play. Bruce Pearl admitted that was the problem Auburn had when they played Virginia in the, in the Final Four, that they tried to match that slow pace. But you saw Florida Gulf Coast. They were lobbing it up and down the court no matter what, no matter what team they were playing, and mm-hmm. that's how they won. And if the Jackrabbits can stick with that, just pulling up threes like Steph Curry, I think they've got a chance to win. Mm-hmm. Moving on to the 6-11 game in the Midwest region, we have the now coachless interim head coach, number six seed, LSU. Tigers taking on the number 11 seed, Iowa State. Hawkeyes. I don't see how you can pick against Iowa State here. Like, there's turmoil. There's no way in you know what, that this LSU team is bought in at this point. They are about to get hammered by the NCAA. I, yeah. Iowa State is a good basketball team, and I think that they win. I think regardless of the coaching, uh, well, the interim coach that they have, and Will Wade being gone, I think that LSU is going to be able to pull it out at least in the first round. And honest, and I think I have them upset, getting, getting upset by Colgate in the next round. Ooh. But uh, awesome. But LSU um, winning this game, I think, even with the coaching uh, I got, going on. I got Iowa State, but here's the thing. LSU is going to play one of two ways. They're going to go out hard as can be. They're going to win this game. They're going to do it. Just you know, No one's believing in us right now because we have all these things happening. On. Let's just win this one before we all transfer away. Yeah. We potentially get the death penalty, which they're not, but they're going to be without tournament. For a couple years, yeah, but yeah, I got Iowa State in this one. Or the other thing that's gonna happen—they're just gonna completely not lose all hope, and Iowa State crush them. But I'm gonna go with this, the latter of that. I'm gonna go with Iowa State. So that's fair. I, you know, I was thinking about that too, and before when I just clicked the info button that comes on ESPN and gives all the BPI ranks, I picked I picked Iowa State because I thought, oh, they're without Will Wade. What are they gonna do? But then I wanted to dig a little deeper, so I went on Iowa State's. Uh, CBS Sports page, looked at their schedule, and we talk about teams that are red hot that are going to do something in this tournament. What about a team that is ice cold? What about a team that in their last three games lost to Oklahoma State 53-36? to That's 36 points in 40 minutes of action. Or lose to Baylor, which was not a bad one, and then lose to a Texas Tech by 31 points. This LSU team is talented enough, and I think if you give the ball to Tarese, and I don't think Iowa State has a single player on the court that can stop him. I'm going to go with LSU on this one. I think they're going to rally together and play one last game. I just don't think... I think Iowa State has everything going against them, including momentum. I mean, they are ice cold right now. So I got to go with LSU. Moving on now to the three fourteen matchup. Tyler already kind of alluded to this one, but we have the number three seed Wisconsin Badgers versus the number fourteen seed Colgate. I think, regardless of Johnny Dave's health, I think Wisconsin wins this one. I think it'll, they'll cover. Uh, Colgate will cover if they do spreads for this, but. I think Wisconsin still wins this one, and next round will be interesting depending on Johnny Davis's health, even though it's a day later. Like I said, I have the upset here. I think Colgate can score some points. I think they can put up put up a big number on Wisconsin, and then I think they'll beat LSU in the next round too while they're at it. I That's- think they'll be that team this year. Yep. That's bold. I, I, I'm looking at it now, and I, I will say this is a good Colgate team. They're also a perfect mix of what wins the tournament. They're – Full of experience. There are a lot of seniors. They score a lot, and they score very efficiently, 40% from three this year, which is ridiculous. I think it'll be close in the first half, but I think their lack of depth behind that starting line is what's going to cost them because they're starting five all scores and double figures, but after that, it's not a lot of scoring on their back line. So I think Wisconsin will wear them down. I think it'll be close, but I think Wisconsin gets the win. Daniel, Wisconsin? 
Uh, I'm sorry, Tyler, but yeah. <laughs> now on. hold up, I'm rooting for Colgate. Make no mistake oh, yeah, about yeah, it. No. We're rooting for Colgate. We're rooting, we're rooting my for the toothpaste. I just like seeing Big Big Cat on Twitter get upset. Barstool Big Cat. Whenever Wisconsin every lose. year, they lose like this. He said, "I was into the, the podcast part of my take the other day. It was like with Mark Tice. He's like, if they lose this game, I'm not gonna be able to handle it. This will be unbelievable. But every year, you gotta have that team. Yeah, That's just gotta be one team. Yeah, and I'm going with Colgate. Uh, this one in Greenville, Daniel will be there for the number seven seed USC Trojans taking on the number ten seed Miami Hurricanes. I got Miami. I think USC is the fraud of this year's NCAA tournament. We've seen this Miami team play in person, Griggs. They're good. They don't let them get hot. Do not let them get hot. No. And then if they do get hot and you're a USC fan at this game, don't get up and start cheering. Do, you, do USC fans even cheer for basketball? No, but That's a good question. Do you know can what they I'm even, referring can to? Can they even go to the game? Are there USC fans? <laughs> oh, yeah. Probably they know. probably can't leave. There's probably like a, a, a Marine outside their house. If they come out, they're going to point around and get back in there. <laughs> but, yeah, um, yeah, even though my uncle went there. But I got Miami. I think Jim Laranega has – that experience, I think he's got the that knows what to get it done. I, yeah, I got my, the Hurricanes. I'm gonna go with USC on this one. Nope. I, I I agree. I think I think both these teams are pretty meh, middle of the road, but they've got they've got better records to show for it. Specifically with USC 26 and seven, even in a weaker Pac-12 conference. But I think I think again USC's got that size. You've got Isaiah Mobley there. They're one of the tallest teams in the country. Four of their five stars are at least six foot nine and. When it comes down to the tournament, a few metrics matter, and that's one of them, and I think they're going to get the win. Of course, I don't think it's going to matter in the next round, but that's for a later debate. Speaking on the next round, we'll get into more about this team after the break. We'll talk about them as well as some of our sleepers and which teams will make some noise. But we have the number two seed, Auburn Tigers, taking on the number 15 seed, Jacksonville State. What are they, the Gamecocks, too? Yes, yeah. they are. What a ripoff. They All the kids who don't go to Bama go there. That's what I've heard from people around here. These Allegedly. Parts. Allegedly, I mean, but yeah. And this will be in Greenville. Daniel will be there with credentials. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Daniel J. Locke to get all the info on that. I got Auburn. I don't think I, – I, I pray they don't lose this, but I don't see them losing it. Yeah. I got Auburn. Auburn. I'm not channeling the Raven here. Auburn. I mean, it's got it's got to be Auburn. I think, you know, they'll start out slow as they do and people will hit the panic button. Auburn Twitter will be in shambles, but they're going to get the win on this one. Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about Auburn more when we come back from break, what they need to do to get to NOLA and beyond that, what beyond NOLA being the final game. When we come back, we'll talk also about our sleepers and teams that we could see make some noise. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Eagles Nest here on the Weagle 91.1 FM. Welcome back into the Eagles Nest. I'm your host, Daniel Locke. Joined alongside me, we still have Grace Blankenberg. We still have Tyler Graydon. We still have Alex Houston. Hanging out here behind me, my main man, Harrison Tarr. He'll be hopping on the mic in the next segment, but he is here with us right now. So, Let's, Auburn. You want to start with the Auburn? Yep. All right. Alex, you want to kick it off for us? As the I mean, person? the simple fact is it's going to come down to their guard play. It always will. That's been the story since they played Florida in January. And if their guards show up like they did, I'll say, on the road against Alabama, you know, they, they can go a long way, but if it's like the most recently, I really think that's going to be the issue. And more specifically, I think, you know, this team doesn't want to rely on Jabari Smith, but it's okay to rely on the best on, you know, a potential number one pick in the NBA draft. And I mean, it's okay to lean on him for 25 to 30 game if you need to, especially when it comes to tournament time. But I think that's got to be the biggest issue there is their guard play. Katie Johnson cannot repeat what happened against Texas A&M. And 
If you know if, they, if they're playing as good as they were in January, I mean this team can go far. But I think with Jacksonville State, they just mop the floor of them because they've got bigger aspirations past that. Again, as somebody said on Twitter, it's crazy to reach a point where Auburn receives a two seed and it's like a golf clap reaction from the team and fans alike, which is a you know it's a good sign of where the program is. But I think this team has a long way to go in terms of where they hope to be later in the tournament. But it's got to come down to their guards. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think so. I think that Armour definitely has the talent to go all the way in this tournament. They, it, like you said, it comes down to the guard play. But I think when it's like when you need a bucket and you're down by two, you're down by one and you need a bucket to win the game, I think you got to put in Jabari's hands. Obviously, in the past few games where they've had like it's been that situation, they've had it in Windows' hands and they've been trying to run the pick and roll with Walker. I think you got to give it to your best player, your top three first round pick. You got to give it to Jabari and then let him go to work. He's your best player, and he'll he'll get you a bucket when you need it. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, this Auburn team, it, it's hard. It's hard to – because in a lesser extent than – what am I trying to say? It's We're kind of like Alabama in a little way. Like, we have two teams. We have a team that will show up, you know, beat the crap out of – I don't know, that – what's the Syracuse's guy? Been there forever. Yeah, we can beat the crap out of a legendary coach like that, or we can get beat in the first round of the SEC tournament by Texas A&M. We don't really know what we're going to get. So, we definitely win the first game. I'm confident enough to say that. We can beat USC or Miami. Will we? It's going to be interesting. What's going to be interesting for me, I think, what he... uh, Alex said it earlier. Guards—that's the main key for the success. I mean, when the guards are when the guards are hot, they're hot. We can do stuff. But also, I think it's also Bruce has got to realize. Okay, I don't play all these players a bunch, but I realize Jabari's gonna have to play maybe some more minutes than he usually does in the regular season. Where he'd play 33 minutes, he might have to play 36 now. He he just needs to be on the floor because. In March, it's not it. You're not resting him for another game. You need if you're close, you may not have another game. So use him that game because you're not playing, never playing back to back games like within a within a day. So you're not playing one day then the next. So it's not like the SEC tournament, all these tournaments and stuff. It's the NCAA tournament. It's win and go home. Magic number six, and to do that again, I think we need to have guards have to do something. Jabari has some more minutes. Uh, stay out of foul trouble with Walker. That's probably big. Rebound, rebound, rebound some more. That's been more of a struggle recently, kind of shockingly enough. At Tennessee, at Mississippi State, we've lost the rebounding battle. And also, better shot selection, I think. But here's the reason why I think that. It's just Auburn will either set up a play, pass it around, get it down, the chalk clock down, take a shot, or they'll just run it up the court, just crazy. They'll take a shot with, like, 17 seconds left. That's not really a high percentage shot. They'll shoot very up high, not in three-point up on the wing. Over a defender, I just think that mainly from the guards, not really Jabari and Walker, but I think they need to bear shot selection. And Devin, please stop shooting threes. I'm tired of it, man. It, you got to stop. Keep dunking, though. Keep dunking. Keep dunking. And Allen, just just play some defense when you get a chance. Don't don't be shooting threes. I know you made that corner three versus A and M like very early, but come on, what, dude. What I don't want to see is on the fast break. He's like, ah, yes, easy bounce pass to Walker. But what if I lob it behind my back, which he does like once a game, and it. I don't think it's worked yet. I don't. I don't think it's. It's even. It's been a turnover every time, and that just is mind-boggling. To me. But honestly, the key is just from the lob play. <laughs> the key. The key is. The key is Walker Kessler's health because, of course, he. You know, it hasn't been as noticeable because he is such a presence. But 
since he injured his shoulder, he's been a lot less effective on the inside lately, and a lot of teams have taken advantage of that. And if he's healthier, then you know it could certainly be the difference. And Katie Johnson and Jabari Smith said after the South Carolina game that they thought it was all in his head, that it was all a mental thing that he had to get past. I don't know what that means, really, in terms of the implications of it, but that's something to certainly keep an eye on. But it's just get the ball to your efficient scorers. I mean, Wendell and... Katie Johnson are both shooting 35% from the field this year, which seems odd. It doesn't feel like they're shooting that poorly, but they are, so it's something to keep an eye on. I mean, you know, run plays don't just rely on your guards to pull up from the logo half the time because most of the time it doesn't really work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what anything on the Auburn – I think that's basically everything we have to say about Auburn. I think we're already magic number six, gentlemen. Uh, four to get to NOLA, so going to be a wild ride. See mm-hmm. what happens at the end. Great season no matter what. But six wins, that's all you need. Six wins, six wins. And before we go, before these two go away with us, we're going to talk real quick. Uh, name Both of you, name me one sleeper team you think in this tournament that, that can make some noise. Let's say sleeper is some team that you do not should not be getting as far as they do, whether it be Sweet 16, Elite 8, Final Four, maybe even Championship game. Alex? Um... This is this is a tough one because I really think once it all shakes out, you know, the top teams are going to be at the Final Four. But we talked about it a bit earlier. I wasn't here when we talked about the game. I think Vermont, you know, they're again they they beat up on a bad conference, but they dominated their conference completely. And I mean, if they beat Arkansas, they get a UConn team that's pretty inconsistent to match up with. And then of course they get they would run into Gonzaga, which I don't think they stand a chance there. But I think you know Gonzaga has found a way to lose in the NCAA tournament before. I think this is the year that they won't, specifically just how talented their team is. But Vermont's a team for me that I think could go a long way. And, of course, everybody's been talking about them as well, Virginia Tech. I mean, they're one of the hottest teams Mm -hmm. in the country right now. I think my sleeper team that i got to go with is Iowa. And they're not really, like, that much of a sleeper. Mm -hmm. But they, I think if they do get to the Elite Eight, I think they're at least getting to, like, the championship game. Like, it's like they're all in. They're they're either getting – they're either losing to the – in like the elite eight, or excuse me, the round of thirty-two, or they're losing in like the to final Auburn. four. Okay, yeah. Or elite eight, yeah, at Auburn. Elite eight would be Auburn. Yeah, but I was my team that can go all the way, or they're losing in like the second round. Mm-hmm. You know, as a team, this is going to sound biased. I'm going to get a lot of eye rolls and some laughs on this. But as a team that you know wasn't supposed to make the tournament this year, they have a very clear path to the Sweet Sixteen. Mike Woodson, wear the suit. Let's go Hoosers. Let's get it done. Me, I mean, I'm, I'm speaking for me and Harrison here who's laughing next to me. We both have UCLA in our final fours. It's n- it's not happening. Johnny Juzang's too good. Get your head out of that. Get your head out of the get your head out of the 80s and it's time to get what are you step up to the bas- Indiana the basketball so now. Do you know who Trace <laughs> Jackson Davis is? Yeah, it's on Green Magic. Get some no, Mike Woodson's. You know, Mike Woodson's a year away from retirement age, average retirement age in the United States, right? And he's playing in the NCAA tournament. Off. Okay, let's Illinois let's not let's second. not disrespect Mike Woodson. Yeah. I mean, he did bring Indiana back from the dead, essentially. In so. one year, we're back. They're still kind of dead. Twenty and thirteen. We're in the NCAA tournament. Twenty-one and thirteen. Also, Daniel, I don't know what any of this we business is on about because you, lo- you, you lo- may be wearing a jersey, but I haven't seen you on the floor. So, mm. oh, okay, <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> I've definitely heard you say we about Auburn before. Okay, I mean that's different. They've split every series they played against against good teams. Indiana okay. has. We still Besides, beat they they beat lost to Iowa twice. They lost to Wisconsin twice. They lost to Michigan State by fifteen. 
I mean, yeah, but no. it's March. No, it's March. It is, it is, it is March. March. But y'all know. No, not Indiana. Y'all are um, skaters. For me, I think also, I think Virginia. Yep. Yes, we are. For, for me, I think it's for the Hokies. I think they're hot right now. If they can have the pieces going. I forgot the name of the kid who shot the lights out versus Duke, but if they keep it going with that, I can see the Hokies maybe potentially getting Sweet 16, maybe Elite 8. just depends on it, how who they face up in that. But I got the Hokies as that. And as we wrap it up before me and Daniel do who you got with Harrison, uh, let's hear it. Alex and Tyler, let's hear your final fours. Oh, you go first. My final four, I got Texas Tech coming out of the West region, Kentucky in the East, and then uh, Tennessee coming out of the South, and then Auburn coming out of the Midwest. Uh, for mine, I've got Gonzaga meeting Baylor from the West and East, mm. and then Villanova and Kansas from the Midwest and South. Which, of course, it won't end up that way. Gonzaga's going to find a way to lose to somebody. But, you know, <laughs> I mean, I feel like if – if any year they're going to win, it has to be this year for them. I right. mean, because, you know, they were what? They were runner-ups last year, right? And, I mean, then mm-hmm. they add Chet Holmgren. Of course, I don't – I just think they've got to do it this year, or I don't think they ever will. Yeah, if they win this year, Mark Few's the new Coach K. People forget the DUI Mark uh, Mark Few had this past year. People forget, <laughs> he, like, with like a one-game suspension. People forget that. But yeah, well, that's because nobody really pays attention to the West Coast. Because no one cares about Redmonton, Washington. No one cares. I hear I mean, it's beautiful in the they fall. They play. They play. When they play, lost to St. Mary's, that gym was like 1,500. My high school gym seats more than that. Tyler, do you think ours does? Thirty-five. No. Okay, no. look. No. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. You know, start going to bat for Gonzaga so much. But since the since 2014, 2015, I don't know what all this wee business is. They haven't been. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't say I didn't say no we anyway um, since 2014-2015 they haven't been lower than the sweet 16 I mean they aren't ex- it's not like they're getting blown out in the round of 32 every year they used to of they, course but since then I mean were, people were talking about them as the best team of all time last year yet they played a cupcake schedule with playing like basically no one non-conference until the tournament and then made the made the final made the final game off of a basically Jesus praying shot from half court for what it's worth, in that uh, we're an eleven seed, who was in the first four, people forget. In that year, their non-con included number six Kansas, number eleven West Virginia, number three Iowa, number sixteen West Virginia. But I suppose, yes, lack of non-conference, sure. I mean, we're talking just, about West Virginia right now. Come on, Huggins I mean, is out the door. You can't you know really, that. You can't disrespect a team that gets all the way to being the runner up. I mean, they were undefeated. It takes skill not to lose in basketball no matter what I mean, conference you're in. They lost by in. double digits to or 11 or 9 to Alabama in Washington. That I mean, that was last year. That was this year. And then they lost last year. And then two uh, yeah, we're talking okay, we we'll moved to this year. And then they lost to the two like best teams they played all year. They lost to they lost to Bama, which is the Power 5, not the best team, but like they lost to Duke, which is the num- frankly enough the number 2 seed in their in their side of the bracket. So I know it's hard. It's hard for me to pick against a team twice, but yeah, I don't see Gonzaga doing anything. Fair point. Fair point. Uh, Daniel, before we go, you want to hit your final four real quick? Yeah. So out of the West, I have Texas over Gonzaga. Out of the East, I have Baylor over Purdue. Out of the South, I have Arizona. I mean, excuse me, I have Villanova over Arizona. Then out of the Midwest, we're channeling the Peacock. I have Auburn knocking off Iowa in the Elite Eight. Um, and then are we giving? Final four predictions now. We or? can do that later. We can have okay. people back on, but yeah, uh, yeah, we'll be we'll have two more shows before the final four. So just a that was a lot of words to just say Texas Tech, Baylor, Villanova, Auburn. 
Man, really oh, taking some risks right there. I, I um, wish I wish I could pick Auburn, and I'm probably going to be wrong because you know, <laughs> I mean, I think I I think I didn't have them going very far in the Final Four year. I think I had them losing to Kansas, which was again wrong, obviously. But Shout I just out don't. Jess, uh, Je- uh, I think, what's his name? Je- uh, Jesse Newell. Shout out him. Indeed, I think I think their floor is the Elite Eight. Honestly, I just don't think they can go much farther than that. As, but, as uh, Michael Jordan once said, though, the ceiling is the roof. The ceiling so, is the fact of the roof. That's my Final Four. Um, I have. The Texas Tech Red Raiders out of the West, out of the East. I have the UCLA Bruins taking beating Murray State actually in the Elite Eight. Uh-huh. I don't think Kentucky. Eh, Kentucky. I, something about Kentucky right now is just interesting to me. They lost to t- Tennessee, but if they have to have everything working to be make it far and to have that six games in a row, I don't know. Out uh, out of the South, I have the Illinois Fighting Illini, oh which is very God. interesting enough. Here's the sole reason why I have that, though, is they already played Arizona once this year. And my philosophy is it's very hard to beat a team you've only played once twice in a row or twice in a season. I think Kobe can show up enough. And then out of the Midwest, I have the Auburn Tigers over what you said, Daniel, over the Iowa Hawkeyes. So, yeah. Uh, Harrison, you want to come over here? Do we're talk, do, We'll talk to him next segment also, but you want to do your Final Four real quick? Sure. Hey guys, how's everybody doing today? I'm glad I could just hop on here for a second. So I don't even know if we have enough time because I know you're about to get a commercial. So I'm just going to say my final four, yeah, if that's cool. Um, this is going to shock some people. I have I like UConn a lot, guys. Yes. I like UConn yeah. a lot. Rebounding. So I've got UConn over Duke coming out of that Elite Eight into the final four. And then uh, out of the East region, I've got UCLA taking down UK um, in the Elite Eight. So I've got on the left side of the bracket, I've got UConn and UCLA in my final four. And out of my Southern region, I was back and forth on this one, but I think I like Arizona more than I like Tennessee. So I, I put Arizona in. That was a lot, a lot of thought. And uh, I spent too much time and money to not put the Auburn Tigers out of the Midwest. And, yeah, that'll do it for us here. We want to thank Alex and uh, Tyler for hanging out with us today. Thank you, guys. Hopefully have you back on, on soon. I had a lot of fun. Later on, when we come back, though, is everyone's favorite weekly segment, Who You Got? Me and Daniel will give our picks for this weekend's all-college basketball picks this week, all ten. And Harrison will also join us. He doesn't know the games, but he'll probably figure them out quick enough. You're listening to the Eagles Nest here on Weagle 91.1 FM. Welcome back to the Eagles Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM. As always, I'm your host, Daniel Locke. Alongside me, my color man, Griggs Blankenberg. Joining us on the mic now, he's been hanging out with us for about 15 minutes, my good friend Harrison Tarr. Harrison, how we doing? Dude, we're doing great. It's uh, it's the most wonderful time of best, the year. Best two days of the year. Best right two here. days of the year right now. Best month of the year, in my opinion. Love March. Gotta love it. But yeah, here we go. Our weekly segment, Who You Got. Uh, we missed out the last week with picks, but we'll go to, uh, recap of what we did two weeks ago. Uh, Daniel went 6-4. and four. I went 5-5. Five and five. So the record now shows Daniel at 41-29, and 29, and I'm still the lead in at 43-27. and 27. But this week, we got 10 college basketball games all around of 64 games from today and tomorrow friday so let's kick it off let's go let's do it gentlemen first game we got is the alabama crimson tide taking on the Notre dame firing irish we've already talked about a lot of these games but still daniel who you got Notre dame Notre Dame. i wonder why um <laughs> <laughs> i'm actually going to roll with the university of alabama in this game yeah uh, i like i like the tide and I like how they match up against Notre dame and uh, they're, they're going to lose I don't think it's it's going to be the first round. I think so too. It's like what John Rossi said: they can either make losing the round of sixty-four, or they could potentially make it to the final four. You never know what you're going to get with this year's Alabama team. But I got the tide, especially. I think if Rutgers wins last night in overtime or regulation, I think they win. But no teams being on double overtime, especially not Notre Dame. 
Nate Oates, my cousin Vinny. <laughs> Indeed. Next up, we got the North Carolina Tar Heels taking on the Marquette Golden Eagles. Daniel, who you got? I like UNC here. Um, they've been pretty good recently. They're just coming off that, or obviously have the ACC tournament in between it, but not too long ago, they knocked off Duke. Which, and speaking Cameron of that, that, being in Brooklyn's brutal. That's terrible. <laughs> I'm. I like Greensboro and Charlotte, but, like, come on. Brooklyn, you're just appeasing the Boston College and Syracuse fans who go <laughs> home in the second round. Is, is, it, is it my pick? Yes. yes. I'm sorry. I, 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 I sorry, got a little okay. days I, there I in the midst sorry. of Griggs' rant on Brooklyn. Um, <laughs> rant was, like, two seconds. Yeah, that's okay. I was, I was mesmerized. You, I've you, ranted a lot this show, I've realized. You had me in trance there, actually. All good. Um, so, I, I hate this game. I, I literally hate this game because I feel like it actually could go either way. Mm-hmm. Um, UNC's playing really, really good basketball. They did the world a favor and played spoiler on Coach K's last night. So that is going to be the single reason that I take the Tar Heels, just because I owe them a thank you. Yeah, I was at the uh, Charlotte MLS game on that night. I didn't get to watch it, even though I'm from North Carolina. My mom's a Chapel Hill person. She's like, I'm barely going to watch it. This is going to be a blowout. Thank God it wasn't, because that was one of the funniest things, watching that back on social media of all time. A shout out Coach K. It wasn't about him. Wasn't about him. It was hey, never about hey, him. Hey, Joey Baker had his. Joey Baker uh, is coming back next year, and the other <laughs> seniors already had their senior nights at their other transfer schools. Yeah, so exactly. It's not about. It's not it's about. But he got a bench. Yeah, I know. Yeah, he got a bench. He got the bench in the core. I mean, they can't name not name the stadium after him yet, but I mean, maybe they can name. So to quote Big Cat, they're running out of things to name after him. That is very true. Also, uh, what was it um, with Duke? Oh, shoot, I remember. I was thinking. Oh yeah, who announced that they're leaving in June? Oh, I don't. Oh, I don't. It's all about the kids. But years, you got five months to decide <laughs> to, what you're going to give me to, to plan my uh, farewell tour. That's not a farewell tour because it's not about people, me, but it is about and me. Do people were mad that they didn't give Coach K something? <laughs> right, like that's what so, they want to give him. Hey, uh, he they gave give, them their program back. What they want to give him, Roy? <laughs> William, Roy, what would they show him? What they give him a plaque with Roy Williams' positive record versus Coach K when he was at Chapel Hill? I think so. But yeah, I'm. <laughs> I think so. I'm going off that. Dang, I've ranted a lot today. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Tar Heels solely off the fact I'm from North Carolina. It sounds like a homer pick. My mom went there. My team growing up was Wake. Usually they would be out by this point, so yeah. I'd cheer for the second I think I knew team. You I guys were Wake fans. Yes. So I'm going to go with Chapel Hill. Moving on to this one. I think this is a game a lot of people are interested about. We have the number six seed Texas Longhorns versus the Virginia Tech Hokies, one of the hottest teams in college basketball. Daniel, who you got? Horns down forever. Let's go. Inner Sandman. Let's go Hokies. I don't even know about all that horns down forever thing. I just think Virginia Tech's playing some of the best basketball in the country right now. Yeah, I got Virginia Tech. They got that shooter who was uh, playing really well against Duke. He's got to not put up the same numbers, but he's got to do something so yeah, I got Hokies. Shout also, out. Texas is like almost there, but they're not there yet. Chris Beard, the last regular last regular NCAA tournament he made to the championship game against that team from the other team from Virginia that we don't like a lot <laughs> down here, which I learned a lot more about since I got here. But yeah, I didn't like them either when I was a Wake fan. Moving on, we have the Houston Kirk Q- Houston Cougars. Cougars. There you go. Versus the University of Alabama Birmingham. <coughs> One word, Jelly Fam UAB. Yeah, UAB. Uh, Justin Lee had an all-time tweet yesterday that said, hot people pick UAB, uh, which means I shouldn't be picking UAB. I don't fall in that category, but give me the Blazers, guys. You got a girlfriend, though, so. You know, I I did something right somewhere. I I like the Blazers a lot, really, actually. I think they're a matchup good with Houston. Moving on now, another uh, six. We have a 6-11 matchup here. We have Colorado State taking on the Michigan Wolverines. Daniel, who you got? You know, I just don't really buy in the Michigan. I just don't think they're all that amazing. Um, I'm going to go with Colorado State. Wow, can you believe it? Him going against the Big Ten. Yeah, you know, 
it's crazy to pick against the Big Ten, but I like Colorado State. Um, who's call? We understand Colorado's a state, guys. We already get it. Yeah, no, I'm playing. It's in the South. <laughs> yeah, I know. Crazy. Uh, yeah, I like, I like Colorado State uh, just because of the, the way they match up against Michigan. Uh, bonus points if Juwan Howard punches somebody. Professional slap boxer. Yeah. But, yeah, I think that happens again, that he's definitely gone, especially oh, if it's the tournament. Can. But, but then they, like, lose. That was my take. If they fire him, they lose the Fab Five support, I think. Uh, you're right. Which is interesting to see. But You're so right. I'm going to go Michigan, though, just because the fact I think they have a lot of term. They have more term experience than Colorado State, for sure. They've split, I think, every series they had in the Big Ten. I think they won, like, all their important games, like, on the road, which is crazy enough. But I'm going to go Michigan, I think. I think that team and who they play this year is going to overshadow Colorado State. Uh, moving on, keeping it with some team in the Big Ten, we have the Ohio State Buckeyes taking on the Loyola Chicago Ramblers. Daniel, who you got? Much to you guys' surprise, I'm going against the Big Ten again. I'm going with Loyola. Wow. I will never pick against Sister Jean in the first round. Nope. I won't do it. I, I, I love Loyola Chicago. I think Porter Moser did a great job leaving that program in a better place than he found it. Obviously now not doing the same thing in Oklahoma yet. But uh, I like Loyola Chicago a lot, guys. I think they're, they're fun to watch. They're a good basketball team. And who doesn't love Sister Jean? So, yeah, give me uh, – what's, what's their mascot? The Ramblers. The Ram- yeah, I knew that. Give me the Ramblers. Even though I like a lot of Chicago sports teams, I think EJ Liddell is the, the key in this game for the Ohio State Buckeyes. I think they've they, – they beat Duke this year. They won some important games this year. They, all, they struggled a little bit down the road, especially against Penn State. But I'm going to go with the Buckeyes. I think they're one of my sleepers this year, I think. With, okay. Who they've played this year, who like they match pick. up against, they beat this Loyola Chicago team that's younger than years past. They've had they don't have that big giant dude who beat the brakes off of Illinois last year, which is crazy enough. <laughs> I broke my bracket in half, but yeah, I'm gonna go with the Buckeyes. Moving on to another game, we have the Providence Friars taking on the South Dakota State Jackrabbits. We talked about this with Alex a decent amount, but let's hear it again, Daniel. Who you got? You know, I mentioned this earlier. There was a brief time my junior year when Providence College had me as a prospective student. Um, I love that school. love the Friars. I'm going to go with them. I like Providence, too, actually. Uh, they, they've played pretty well this year. I, I don't have them getting past the second round, but I, I, I do like Providence uh, in the first round. I'm going to go South Dakota State, actually. They've won. They, with them and Murray State, have won the most games consecutively in the country. It is incredible, I think. Just how much how they've won by. I think they have match up well with Providence size wise. South Dakota State, I think, is the best three point shooting team in the nation, which shouldn't be shouldn't should kind of be scary to Providence fans since they got the brakes blown off them in the semifinal against Creighton by thirty. True. So I'm gonna go with the Jackrabbits for that four thirteen upset. Keeping it with, uh, let's move on to an SEC team that should that'll probably be the last time we'll, we've talked about them for a while. Honestly, <laughs> LSU versus wonder who we're talking about. Now. LSU versus Iowa State. Uh, Daniel, who you got? You know, this just the turmoil. I, I can't pick LSU. I, I don't think they're focused. I think all the players are trying to think about where they're going to transfer. Um, I've got to go with the Cyclones, man. Retweet. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Cyclones. Well, I originally had LSU in here, but then I realized that's not what my bracket said. I'm gonna go ISU. I can go one of two ways. LSU plays their out of their minds to to do something, just be like, okay, this is our last game here, and before we all transfer, let's do something people remember us by. Or they can get the brakes blown off them by Iowa State. I'm going to go with more of the latter could happen. Give me Iowa State. Oh, man, I can't believe we're doing this one. Moving on to the next game. Oh, yeah. The last one for Auburn. Uh, St. Mary's versus some team that was good in the 80s. <laughs> Indiana. Daniel, who you got? I 
Okay. You know, <laughs> this is a very famous song. It's a frequent in bars in Bloomington. I'm just going to recite the chorus. You're in bars in Bloomington? This is Indiana. You're not 21. Yeah, we do it big. Falling on the Big Ten. You know what it is. Because this is I, you, you, you. We got banners on the wall. Because this is how we ball. I got Talk, face, hold on. They're, I'm, rip, I'm, they're ripping. Uh, talking about the who, who, yours. Let's go, Indiana. We're getting it done. Let's go, boys. Final four round. Let's get it. Let's go. Beat St. Mary's. Let's shut up, Griggs and Harrison. Let's go, Hoosers. I just got muted we for got, the first we got, time we got, ever. We got muted. I got a clapback song. That's all right. That's okay. Give me St. Mary's anyways. <laughs> One, two, three, four. Uh, Indiana hasn't won since 87. And I thought it was 84. Wow, what a loser. But, can't even rhyme. Uh, Indiana hasn't done anything since 87. You which, don't have bars. Well, they're, Indiana's banners are fading in the uh, in the um, no, they're memorial, uh, memorial Hall. <laughs> or Assembly, Assembly, Assembly Hall. Hall. Sorry, Jeez. I messed it up with Indiana. Sorry. Uh, with uh, Illinois. Speaking Actually, Hall. they're not. They're my uh, lock screen. Well, might be taking that down soon because they're losing the first round. Give me saying No, Harris. they're not. They're winning tonight. I'll Friend, be watching friends, that. Go on, Greg. This is in the 80, 80s. All right, final game. I think this is pretty easy. Uh, we ha- hopefully this isn't really, hopefully this isn't the one we stress out. But the Auburn Tigers are taking on the Jacksonville State Gamecocks. What a ripoff from South the real South Carolina. Um, so here we go, Daniel. Who you got? You know, growing up, I was raised to view Jacksonville State University as if you couldn't break a twenty and a two point five in high school. Um. So that's kind of my opinion of them still. I don't think they're good enough. Okay. Well, I think that it's important to keep in mind that Auburn's playing arguably its biggest in-state rival in the first round of the tournament. Uh, the only one that could rival this may be UAB. I don't consider mm-hmm. UAT in that conversation. No. Um, hey, UAH, though. UAH, they're a pretty good basketball team. D2, uh, repping. Very important to recognize this is a very big in-state storied rivalry game. And uh, this, this should be a hard, hard-fought game that the Auburn Tigers win by 20-plus. And if they don't, red flags, push the panic button. I'm not kidding. Yeah, probably that. Even though me and you both have Auburn winning. I think we all three have Auburn winning, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. But we didn't reveal who the, how the Final Four is going to look out with that. Yeah, I got Auburn. I think this is going to be a very telling game, like Harrison's saying, depending on how our success goes. I think you can judge our entire tournament off of this game, I think, of how we play. Important game for Auburn. Very important game. Well, you got to win six to win it all, so let's win the first one, why don't we? But that is going to do it for our two-hour March Madness special. We want to thank Harrison for coming in here for the last 30 minutes. We want to thank Alex and Tyler for hanging out with us early on. Uh, it's going to be a great time. We'll be back at our normal time next week, 10 to 11 a.m. on Thursdays. You can find this episode and all our past episodes on Spotify at The Eagle's Nest. Be sure to follow Daniel and me on Twitter at Daniel J. Locke and at The Griggs B. For Harrison Tar, Daniel Locke, I'm Griggs Blankenberg. Good day and a war eagle. This is March. Thank you for tuning in to the Eagle's Nest. We enjoyed bringing you updates on everything going on in the world of sports. If you missed any of today's show, you can catch the podcast version wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Twitter at Daniel J. Locke and at The Griggs B. Until next time, this has been the Eagle's Nest. See you next week.